Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast that seeks to interrogate horror movies in ways that literally nobody asked for through a progressive lens. Um, I'm Jeremy Whitley, and are you... No, no you're not. You're not going to... No. I really I, thought... I told... I mean, I, I said that you could launch this one. I didn't think you were going to attempt to impersonate me. I was. I don't know about this. I also did notice that you changed the tagline. The, what is the tagline you, supposed said it, to be? It's in... I, I say in ways that like horror never agreed to. You said in the way that literally nobody asked for. I thought that was the <laughs> that's title. That's a little. That's a little harsh. I feel like literally no right. one asked for this, and yet we're here. <laughs> With me today is Jeremy Whitley. Wait, wait, wait. are you going to introduce yourself? Oh, that's right. Um, I'm Alicia Whitley. What do you do? I'm a teacher who is obsessed with bringing pop culture and. Uh, comic books, movies, books, games into the classroom. And with me today is the host of this podcast, Jeremy Whitley. Hello. I do this every week. Okay, very good. And also Jeremy's co-host, Ben Kahn. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is your show, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it, it, this, you, are, you are clearly the captain of this ship today. Okay, look in my eyes. I'm the captain now. Yay! And also today we have guests, Brie. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and Lando, I'll let you introduce yourself. So Brie, take it away. Uh, hi, I'm Brie. Uh, I always forget when I do these things that I have to introduce myself in a way. Uh, I kind of just have try to keep it simple. I do art for comics and I have fallen into the world of middle grade and young adult uh, graphic novels. So that's what I do now. Um, yeah, so do webcomic. Yay, comics. Hey, um, and I'm Lando. I'm a software engineer who just likes nerdy things um, and absolutely hates horror movies and signed up for this as, as a favor. So I'm probably just going to be the Debbie Downer of all the things today. It's because you love us. <laughs> Thank you so much for signing up for this. I really appreciate it. So tonight we are going to be talking about bad hair the 2020 film from writer director justin simeon who is known primarily for uh, dear white people both the movie and the netflix series have you all seen dear white people saw the movie i did not see the show because I, I think i was emotionally tired at the time yeah i saw mm -hmm. the tessa thompson movie but i didn't see the show i was emotionally tired at the time it was a very 2020 mood i feel like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a very valid yeah. one yeah <laughs> yeah well, this movie stars Elle Lorraine as main character Anna and also features actresses Judith Scott, Vanessa Williams, uh, Lena Waithe, Kelly Rowland, Michelle Hurd, MC Light, Robin Thede, Laverne Cox, Nicole Byer, and also has actors Jay Farrow, James Vanderbeek. I mean, Dawson himself is in this movie. We've got <laughs> Usher, Blair Underwood. I feel like I'm leaving someone out. I am sure that I'm leaving someone out. This movie had... A great cast. Also, question between this and Pose, when exactly did James Vanderbeek get typecast as like the specific '80s business asshole white guy? I don't know, but I feel like James Vanderbeek has been surprising me ever since the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three, like that TV show. Oh, he's James Van Vanderbeek played James Vanderbeek. 
Has anybody else seen that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The door apartment I have it. Oh. I, know, I know that show as the thing Jessica Jones did before she was Jessica Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was she was on that there, act, and her her neighbor friend was James Vanderbeek, who was playing actual James Vanderbeek in the in the show. I'm so uncultured. <laughs> That's okay, I watch too much television. According to IMDb, in this movie, it's 1989 and an ambitious young woman gets a weave in order to succeed in the image-obsessed world of music television. However, her flourishing career may come at a great cost when she realizes that her new hair may have a mind of its own. So before we jump into the spoilery part of this show, how would you rate this movie? Would you call it, what, do you, what is your rating system? Is it spoopy? Is it spooky? Is it scary? Or is it existentially terrifying? There you go. Oh, right. Uh, I have two... I have two ratings because i have like the cast rating and just like the jokes when they land and like if you took all the horror out i would absolutely love this movie and i would give it like an eight but when you throw just some of the choices with the horror scenes or just awkward scenes in general it's in the five four or five is range (laughs) yeah i'm i'm introducing a new category i wasn't horror at all Ooh, because i was so I was so invested in the story of Anna and her passions and dealing with like the systemic racism in the entertainment industry in 1989 and just all the, the, the challenges she was going through. And I was so invested in her journey. And then like the hair took over and then it was like hair monsters. I'm like, oh, I'm way less into just the hair monsters now than I was. <laughs> symbolism and her going and her on a coming on like finding herself and her confidence so we are adding a rating and it's called period piece okay (laughs) there's definitely a version of this movie that goes full horror comedy and it's also a buddy movie starring lena waith and uh and nicole byer i wish boy would that be a great combo (laughs) i needed more lena i needed a lot more vanessa williams but that's just like my first girl crush i just needed her in every scene Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, spoopy, spooky, scary, or existentially terrifying? I'd say it's it's spoopy. Um, like, I think the, the most horrifying stuff in here is is the, like, racism and colorism and, and yeah. involving, like, hair. Like, I think the most terrifying scene in this, just to watch, is, is stuff involving, like, her, like, getting her so in and the first scene of the movie where you know somebody's head gets burned it's just like it's physically that's the most effective horror horror stuff isn't that's the most effective horror of the movie yes like the horror scenes are definitely spoopy but i'm not sure if the director knows that they're coming across as spoopy interesting to me it felt like the movie was five different types of horror and they were taking turns like shining so like you've got like the yes. cringe horror, like when she's getting the sew in, and then you've got like the campy stuff, like when the when the wig. Wait, can I spoil? I don't want to spoil. Not, like, wait, no, hold, hold on to your spoilers. Okay, for a so second, I'll be but... very vague. No, oh, I was going to say uh, if it makes you go any better, I never stick to the no spoilers rule. In okay, the early section. <laughs> I always go straight to the spoilers. Well, I'll try to be vague, but like there's like, like because half the time I was watching, I was just like, oh wow like that was actually pretty like you know riveting and then there's other moments where I'm just like 
really okay <laughs> so like um yeah all right I'll hold on to it but yeah it's just like multiple scary genres in one um but the scariest part to me was de definitely like the real world aspect and then I also I just I but I still liked it I like the movie <laughs> Absolutely. If any, yeah. only Jeremy is going to understand this point of reference, but watching this felt like the opposite of After Midnight. And After Midnight is a movie where I spent the first hour going, this makes no sense. I have no idea where it's going. What even is this movie? And then with the last 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, wow, they really brought it all together. That actually had to be a good time. Good movie. <laughs> I agree this, with that. I didn't I even watch all of After Midnight. I just watched the end of it and I went, wow, what a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, the, I would the say Bad Hair has what uh, what snooty critics like to call third act problems. Very but, much so. Yeah. So yes, uh, this was the opposite. This was the first 50 minutes I was so invested and then it fell and then it just fell apart for me. Well, like with the first part though, I was like, cause I'm genuinely like, I don't like watching like horror on black bodies recently. It's kind of been like bombardment. And so when I watch them, I'm just like, all right, let's just accept that this is going to be self-torture for a couple hours. So like I was more invested in a movie in the latter half because it was detached. But then the first half I was like, I relate to this too much. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. So before, what is it that you say to transition from the this section to the next section? Uh, well, this is generally where we would put trigger warnings. Oh yeah, body horror. Knowing the Black women I know in my life, I feel like something in this is going to trigger you. <laughs> if, if you are a Black woman uh, who has, you know, lived in America for, for most of your life, there's something in this that's going to be a little too close to home. So body horror, rape. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, we this do is... have to put this in the list of horror movies of sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's almost weird because I feel like the hair also gets in there. It's like a sexual assault as well. I know. That was like, that was the worst scene for me. That Most was of, the no, worst. Yeah. It was really awkward. Oh, yeah. Creepy. So, so Wait, we what? are going to go ahead and jump into the spoiler section. So oh. if you don't want to hear any spoilers, this would be the place to uh, walk away. But what is it that you always say? We will be talking about you behind your back while you're sure. Going. All right. So um, let's jump into the, hold on. We need a transition. Do, 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 like some sort of music. Oh. Okay, here we go. We'll literally put music there. Yeah, I know. Okay. You just want me to play a ukulele? Yeah, okay. That would be so I know, ukulele us. Transition music. I just oh, want to even universe in between each segment. to really like have a nice dichotomy of like horror and like. Yo, right. Ukulele can totally be scary. We learned that in Get Out last week. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ukulele and freckles. I thought the brothers It's really creepy. I just want to read the script for that section where it just says spookily plays ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so um, I just want to, let's jump into the movie. So I just want to start with, what are you bringing to this film? Um, the title is Bad Hair. So if we just start with bad hair, what is, what hair baggage are you bringing with you? Oh, oh, so much. Um, I don't know. I definitely related to the first scene with the, 
the burn because I my cousin used to do my relaxers and she would tell me I remember her having a conversation with me about like if you can't handle this you're not going to get through childbirth and I'm like okay I'll just suck it up and do it like oh this burns and like I always have like shit. and stuff on the back of my head and I was like yep what? I am nodding in complete agreement yeah that is yeah. not um like I just grabbed my kitchens like when that scene happened. Okay, I so I it. don't know if you can see, like I don't know if I wrote this in the notes, but that first scene, so the movie starts off with um, two little girls, uh, cousin, I guess they're cousins, I think is their- Yeah, I don't want to, I have a, like a huge question about that whole family situation. Yeah, the family <laughs> dynamic is a little odd, uh, but the two girls are- um, one of the girls is saying to the other girl, we're going to straighten your hair so that you can be uh, a part of this family. So you'll be like the rest of us um, officially. And she is being told that her hair is bad hair. She's got 4C kinky nappy hair. Um, I do, Lando does. Um, so you're about, the, <laughs> we're about Which, that life. And her- I got, I definitely have a question about Blair, what message is Blair Underwood? Is I have sending? so many sending. questions about the, the father figure in this family. But um, so the girls are, so one of the girls is going to perm the other girl's hair and she's following the instructions in the box. And you hear her saying, it burns, it stings. And if you've ever had a chemical relaxer, we call it perm. Okay, let me just, let me just say this. Like, I know that for white people, a perm is something where like you get curlier hair, but for black people, we say get a perm it means your hair is getting straightened. So she getting this perm, put it in her head and she's complaining that it burns and that it hurts. And that is a common thing to complain about because it does burn and it does hurt, especially if you don't base your scalp. How do you base the scalp? You cover Vaseline. it. You slather that Vaseline. thing up with Vaseline so that those chemicals hopefully won't uh, burn. Break the seal. Skin. Yeah, don't break the seal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And these are, for me, getting my hair straightened is a visceral uh, memory from childhood. Uh, it's a very vivid memory from childhood. And I absolutely grab my kitchen, like as soon as, and so for those of you who don't know, the kitchen is the like hair right at the nape of your neck. It's often like, it's like this little area back here. Sometimes it's like a different texture almost. Um, at least it is for me. It's a lot softer back there. Uh, and a lot nappier. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that kitchen, gotta get in that kitchen. And for me, it brought back, I have two burns still there from once my grandmother was using a hot comb and um, some grease popped the back of my neck and I jumped and I jumped into the hot comb. So it like, yeah, I hate to see it right on the back of the head. And I have a chemical burn up here that I haven't had my hair permed since I started teaching. So it's been 14 years. I have not had a relaxer in my head and I still have scab like spots in my yeah. head that scab up and yeah. flake from those chemical burns. Like it's a permanent, it's permanent damage. Um, yeah. So just the smell of burning, like I felt like I was in that bathroom with her, even though yeah. I've got to say my cousin never gave me chemical burns. She used to perm my hair all the time. She, she <laughs> oh, was always very good at it. It was just like, like it was the same spot every time. Like I would just go through and like That's pick fine. it off. Like, I don't know. You, you know how you're like a kid you like to pick your scalp and you skin your knee. Like yes. I would pick the scabs on my scalp because like it was so hot. Yes. And just, I could smell it. I could feel that little pink foam roller. Okay. So I'm a child of the eighties. 
Um, Lando, I know you're close to my age. Brie, I'm not sure like if you were a kid in the 80s. Brie is like, <laughs> I don't know. Was I? Mm, who knows? How old am I? <laughs> Brie, you were born in 2000, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> such a jump. <laughs> Y'all, people but born in 2000 either... are going to be able to drink this year. Yeah, I yeah, not 20. I'm either 20 or 40. You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, black melanin has struck again. (laughs) I'll never be able to tell. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But but those little pink foam rollers, like we used to have those, like you would have like one little bang, like just a little bang. bang. You would have one little bang right in the front and you'd be all worried that you're going to end up looking like James Brown before it's all through. Um, and they and the beauticians would always say the same thing. It'll fall. It'll fall. Just let the curls be. Oh man. I'll grease See, it like, up. The, the speaking like because I'm I'm mixed. So like I I guess to some people I have good hair and to some people I have a mess. But either way, it still gives me good. It's on the expertise of the person talking. Exactly. But uh, I, I didn't have to go through such intense uh, like perms, um, even though like I did want, you know, straighter hair, looser curls, all that stuff. So mine obviously didn't have to be in it as long. Um, and I only really remember um, them when I was really young, like maybe 10 and between like six and 10, because I think that I was too fussy. <laughs> um, also, I didn't get to spend as much time with the black half of my family. Hmm. Um, And so it was all me with my mom and her being like, does Pantene work? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, like I do remember very, um, very intensely, like the sitting, uh, laying over the sink with Mm -hmm. God, the neck pain. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're fighting gravity and the weight of your hair and the burning in your eyes and the ginking of your aunt. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter's feel like my daughters treat me like I am the worst when it comes to doing their hair and I'm I want to tell them you don't understand how good you have it (laughs) you have it so much better than I did but of course that means nothing to them all they know is that I'm pulling at tangles in their hair and it hurts yeah um yeah so um the other thing that you know happens in this film that I could feel is um when she goes to and I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit but when she finally goes to get her hair done and she's kind of she's like oh it's gonna be okay I'm getting my hair done and as somebody who was a religious every six weeks you know if I went more than six weeks I would you know start to feel like really nervous because it it had been too long since I got in that hairdresser's chair you know I I could feel that feeling um, absolutely. And Lloyd, don't let you have messed up and messed around and scratched your scalp sometime in the past 24 hours mm-hmm. before you got that perm put in, because this is over. It's over for you, which is why you got to, you got to do the pat. You got to do the head pat. <laughs> yeah. Cause you yeah. can't scratch the and scalp. I always, I always scratch my head and I was always in trouble. Always. Always in trouble for that. And they would always oh say, God, you had scratched your head. I'm so tender headed and I have this weird like nerve thing, like if I sit still for too long, it feels like I'm in the beautician chair and I have to like get up and walk around. And when they were doing oh. that scene, I was like, oh, I could like just feel it in my like intestines. Like it You could hurt. feel it your hurt. bottom turn into concrete just watching her sit there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the one hair, in terms of hair baggage, 
the one part of the movie that I was able to be like, yeah, I know that feeling because I'm a very silly white person was oh. when Zora's assistant was saying like, oh yeah, I'm not used to like the length. It keeps like hitting my shoulders and I've grown my hair over the quarantine. And that was the one part of the movie I was like, yeah, I know what that's like. It's like a ghost is hitting your shoulders. You don't know what's up. <laughs> Jeremy, do you have any hair baggage? Uh, no, uh, my, my hair has is is like the polar opposite of yours uh for for anybody who hasn't seen it like my hair is is so straight that it will not stand up with the aid of mousse or gel like when, once it gets to a certain length it just like it falls over no matter what the the biggest problem my hair has is that it gets greasy fast so i have to like make sure i wash it regularly like every every day regularly or you know it gets greasy you got them yeah. smooth cuticles that's why yes very smooth cuticles i tried to cornrow his hair once <laughs> it was an unmitigated disaster it was like no I yeah <laughs> it kept just un, it just kept like refusing yeah to yeah. stay together yeah, i'm having a for I'm having braid a my hair i have to go like, like several days without bathing first and then who yeah. wants, and then nobody wants to touch it <laughs> i mean you could get a shower cap. I mean, we didn't even talk about that. But yeah, you could bathe, oh but just put it in a shower cap. Yeah. Ben, by the way, your hair looks amazing <laughs> tonight. Like, you got the bangs going on. Thank you. Kind of spent my entire life wanting, like, relatively kind of long hair. And I never thought I could pull it off. And then I'm like, oh, what if I actually got it styled for long hair instead of just letting it grow forever yeah. with no care or planning? <laughs> Imagine. And it's like, oh, it actually I, looks pretty good now. I relate in the opposite. Like long hair is such, like, first of all, I'm already a low maintenance person. And then long hair is nice, but I don't have the energy to take care of it. So I just buzzed it all off. And I was like, why does it still look dumb? Because short hairs are still need hairstyles. <laughs> like I'm just even <laughs> all over the place. I look like a bush. I don't even care anymore. Whatever. <laughs> Your hair looks fantastic for the record. Oh, thank you. For those yeah. of you who can't see, Bree's hair looks fantastic. I am right now it missing does. having short hair. So I'm quite jealous. Yeah. I did I did the same thing. I like shaved off all my hair and I really wanted a dinosaur full hop for some reason. And my stylist went along with me for however long. Um, but yeah, I do miss that like nice little soft pro step in the shower and then you're done. But then I'm like you said, I'm like, I can't do anything but this. Yeah, not to go too much into like our hair care routines, but like the short hair is gray because of like the care that goes into it is like so minimal. But like it's almost like a double edged sword because it's now so short that I can't do anything to it at night so that it's just like if it falls out of the bonnet, psh, good luck. You just done like damage. Good luck. You know? <laughs> I am also, I need to, black girl confession time. I don't wrap my hair at night. I do not use a bonnet. Oh, I no, I'm a, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is anathema to my, my relatives, all oh, of the black women. Your hair looks better than mine and you don't wrap. <laughs> well, my, my college roommate had to sit me down freshman year of college said, this is how you wrap your hair. And like, I'd never done it in my life. Like it's never. tiring. And I was also get 10 years old and never wrap my hair. I, just, I honestly don't know how anyone learned to take care of any hair before YouTube videos. Right. <laughs> well, that's true. Actually. Uh, I've learned a lot about locks yes. with YouTube videos. I, honestly, one of the reasons why I had perms as a child was because my mother did not know what to do with my hair. She was tenderheaded. Um, mm -hmm. She always had perms as a child because my grandmother was like, I cannot deal 
with this kid always hollering and screaming every time I try and comb their hair and can't do it. <laughs> so she didn't know, like my grandmother was a very modern woman of the sixties. She was a single mom. She worked, she was a nurse. She was a teacher. She was a guidance counselor. She was like, I don't have time for all of this. So we're right. just going to the beautician, just going to straighten that out <laughs> and keep it moving. So I, one of the I, reasons yeah. why my mother, like my mother loves the fact that me and my sisters all have natural hair. She will not get off the creamy crack herself, but she <laughs> thinks that she's just like so supportive of our natural hair journeys, but it is yeah. because she was like, I don't really know what to do with this. And she ain't have YouTube. Dude, even yeah. now, like even with YouTube, I'm just like, Oh, you tell me this, you tell me this. What is it? What is it? <laughs> I just, I just try it. And then I write down the one that actually worked. And then I just keep going back to that one. It's a crap shoot. It even is. if I even if I find something that works in two weeks, it won't work anymore. Yeah, and I'll just be like, mm. okay. yeah. When you have really short hair, the length makes a big difference. My hair strategy is I've realized that I've just evolved in Bill and Ted to Keanu and John Wick. So yeah. I'm just going to keep seeing what hairstyles Keanu See does. I know that I'm just going to generally be like eight to ten years behind that. It works. Like that works. That beautiful, beautiful. So this movie takes place in 1989. We're bumping right up on the 90s. And it's it's right on the cusp of this changeover between these older hairstyles, people wearing more natural hairstyles, um, and people getting perms and getting weaves and doing more of the chemical altering. Now, I didn't see any jerry curls in this section, which I clearly remember being a thing. I do not remember seeing them in the movie. No, but they do make a reference to Eddie Murphy. Julia's trying to be like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I guess it was just after the time. (laughs) So maybe it was just after the time. But I definitely saw somebody with an asymmetrical salt and pepper type hairstyle. And, you know, interestingly enough, salt and pepper's iconic hairstyle came from chemical burns. Um, You know, gosh. When it comes to the men's hairstyle, we get a lot of talk about Julius's fade in this movie (laughs) that he is constantly combing. Yeah. Got his little paddle brush. Going and going. I have my brush. I had to, I have, I have a brush now because I actually did an undercut. So I had to completely, See, this is what's to completely keep it done. My yeah. undercut is growing out. So like. Uh, I was actually wondering what I was going to do with that when I, you know, grow up and don't want to undercut anymore. That's yeah. You just have to cover it up and let it, let it grow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so Peppa um, of Salt and Peppa said that her cousin or her sister had just gotten their beautician's license did a perm, went wrong, burned off all the hair on the side. And she actually had to pencil it in. She had to use like a makeup pencil to pencil it in. But that is where that iconic asymmetrical haircut comes from. It's because literally her hair got burned off and they were like, we have to make this work somehow. Now I don't know well, but I wanted to be Tifa's. So I had the little bowl cut and I would always pull like some pieces down so that they were, you know, so I had like, I was not allowed to dye it blonde, but <laughs> that was where I'm like, I had that asymmetrical type of bob, but I just had the TLC version and not the salt <laughs> type of version. But, um, like- but she, she's working at a, a music video place. <laughs> Entertainment. Culture. Culture is the name of yeah, it. Culture, yes. yeah. And oh, then you said earlier, like you were invested in the entertainment business part. That's where I, I, I was so invested. Yeah. Like I honestly, if they had cut out the, like the horror stuff and just kept like, again, you keep the weave and all like the horror of like the sewing it in, 
but it's just like it's just a symbol full of thematic importance and it's going to be this whole journey of her and how much of herself she gives up and to chase her dream and then you know finding a way to embrace both the dream and being her true self I'm like I was so in for like that movie and and I have to look at that because she was so good in that role Anna is Anna is such a likable character in this movie. I can't do characters like Anna. I have the same reason. It's the same issue I have with Richard in uh, Silicon Valley. Like it's too, they're too painfully unconfident that it drives me insane. That like like her parents are like, well, not her, I guess her uncle and aunt are like, I don't. Is she an intern? It's like. If they still think she's an intern, there's no way in the world that she's ever like going to just like turn everything around and and like get her shit together. Like yeah, no, wait. But I, I think that was a part of her growth. That was a part of her growth. Like towards the end of the movie, she's not like the opposite of who she is, but she's obviously learned from the experience. She's not just going where the river takes her anymore. She's learned from not only the the real life experience, but the like horror she goes through. And then, you know, what I got from the end is that, like, with this learned information, she now has some, like, a goal to, to do with that. Like, I don't know. Like, that's just how I took it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in the beginning. Well, yeah, Ella, not... Ella Lorraine, just, I just want to give a shout out to her because I just thought she was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, as in, like, even when the movie, I thought, kind of lost its footing, she just remained a consistent bright spot. The acting was pretty solid throughout this movie. They had some really good gets, uh, which I do want to talk about in a second. But one of the things that I also wanted to bring up was that she is uh, trying to be a VJ. She wants to be in front of the camera instead of working behind the scenes. And they're looking for a Black host. (laughs) They're looking for a Black VJ. And you go down the hallway of the other people who are auditioning, and they all look like downtown Julie Brown or Ananda Lewis. And so if you are, if you watched MTV um, at any point during the late 80s to the 90s, you know this look, kind of light brown skin, very good hair, kind of the flyaway hair. And El Lorraine is not that. That's as far black as those companies were willing to go. So you see her get this from the white owned spaces that she's trying to enter is we want someone who's black, but you're like a little too black. Like we want I'm a little bit black. Yes. We want, we need a little less black. Telling her like they want a downtown Julie Brown type. And she's like, well, I'm this and I'm this and I'm this. And they're like, mm-hmm. sure. Like, I feel like the, don't ever tell one of the dog was why I said that wrong. One of the Douglas was like, oh, we want someone who's a little more rock. Like, isn't that what they say? Is like rock is code for white people? Yes. Like, isn't that what one of like the dog whistles in this? Yes. And this uh, is, I find very true to my experience in the 80s. We talked about the craft, you know, and we talked about how much we stand Rachel True. But Rachel True is one of these types. She's got, she wears her hair natural. It's very curly, natural hair. It is not kinky, nappy natural hair um she is not very dark skin she's kind of brown skin um when you watch the cosby show or you watch fresh prince or you watch uh, a different world or living single <laughs> like i i can think of two dark skinned 4c haired black women on there on the out of all of those shows mm-hmm 
I'm thinking Max. Was it, is it the, are you talking about Janessa? Is it is Janessa in different? Jalisa. Jalisa. I was thinking of Kimberly. I was actually thinking of Jalisa. Um, I would say the first Aunt Viv. And the first Aunt Viv. Mm-hmm. And the first Aunt Viv got replaced and was told, and yeah. it was said that she was difficult to work with. Is that Aunt there Viv. any phrase in Hollywood that's more of just a red flag for than like difficult to work with? Because anytime difficult to work with means someone was being absolutely fucking terrible and she tried to say something about it. Or I mean, she the- demanded that she get the respect that she deserved and they weren't going to do it. Yeah. How dare yeah. you put yourself on my level? <laughs> petty. yeah so I, I did enjoy watching will smith uh and her come together to talk about that moment and yeah. i did love the fact that she was able to say do you know what you did when yes. you said that yeah i hate that it is so much later in her career because she should have had the past 30 <laughs> years of being a working actress she was fantastic in that show yeah I, I think the the episode where she becomes her history teacher and like teaches them about black culture is literally like one of the best TV moments. And then like she was replaced like the next season. And it's like, like yeah. why would you do that? Yeah. Um, but even in the Cosby show or even in a different world, let's take a different world, for example, your main black female characters, the ones who were attractive and people wanted to go for biracial, <laughs> light skin, curly hair, good haired, uh, black women, not to take any way, anything away from Jasmine Guy because I love Jasmine Guy so much, but there was a lot of colorism in the 80s and 90s, and there still is a lot of colorism. There's still a lot, yeah. yeah but speaking lot. of, we get Vanessa L. Williams mm. showing up in this in this movie, and we had just been talking about colorism, right? And it's yeah. and she's like the Ooh. example of colorism in Hollywood at that time period so um i want to elaborate on that a little bit <laughs> did vanessa l williams uh i mean she didn't do the colorism she didn't do the colorism no no no. her character was her, representing that it. yeah because yeah, like, like she's they, a like very the first thing like, is like ooh, and she light skin like as yeah. soon as like, yeah, they, they introduce her they call it the movie calls attention to it immediately yeah because like black people were very aware of that within our our community in itself and it's something that like our community has to work on too because it's one of those things that we shouldn't be brought apart from it because you know white people are like oh but you're a little dark mm. no we shouldn't yeah. put ourselves against each other it just reminds me of there are two instances alicia you know you know my current wife and her you've met her family and i don't know how many times they have gotten a tan and wanted to compare skin with me or when I say anything about my hair, they want to pick a family member that has really bushy hair and talk about how we're the same. So well, like, you don't have to relate. Like, no, that's a big I yikes. mean, you can try, but I'm just, you, you just, I'm gonna let you talk. I'm gonna let you vent. I'm just gonna nod and keep going about my day. Like that, like that's another form of colorism that I, at least I, I see the most. It's like, oh, but I am. We're we're the same. We are the same. We're just like you. It's okay. We and it's and it's an attempt to try <laughs> and connect, but it's superficial. Not. Yes. Yeah. Now yeah. I will say with Jeremy's family, the only person who did that to me in his family was Jeremy's grandfather who was Mexican and was in fact and Tata was in fact the same color as I was because (laughs) 
He was brown. <laughs> he was very brown. So he was like, hey, look at this brown power, right? And I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> we, found, we found the exception. Okay. And we reel it back in with, this is why nobody said anything to James Vanderbeek when he walked up in saying, bye, Edna. So, but he was honestly like the wokest person the there. He spent summer with Teddy Riley at the Apollo. <laughs> he was that was very black. I didn't do. I've never done that. I've never. Spent I feel like with in Teddy Riley, real life. I hope James Vanderbeek gets it. Otherwise, it's a bad joke that he keeps being cast as this type of character. I love. James he either Vanderbeek. has to be really in on the joke, or he I is feel completely like oblivious. I feel like he must yeah. be real woke. He has to be right. Has to be. Back right. to hair. So back to bad hair. So back to Vanessa Williams. So Vanessa Williams shows up and replaces the locks wearing soul sister era type boss. And it's important to note that Vanessa Williams was the first black Miss America, along with her light skin and her blue gray eyes. She was like the iconic symbol of beauty in the 90s. She is, was, and always will be gorgeous, a queen. I stand forever. I love Vanessa Williams. Especially why she can play this character, which is why she can play this character, but especially like an ugly Betty. Fantastic. Vanessa Williams herself has said that Hollywood is biased no matter how fair you are, which I don't know that first black Miss America can say, oh yeah, everybody is biased and it doesn't matter how fair you are because just so happens that the first black Miss America is incredibly fair. Um, and, you know, more recently, young stars like Yara Shahidi and Zendaya have been criticized or have spoken out against colorism that still continues to exist in Hollywood, uh, with Zendaya basically being like, no, I'm not taking all of the roles that are for dark skinned women because I'm not. <laughs> so we need to have some diversity in Hollywood. Um, but this movie brings up colorism. This movie brings up respectability politics when, um, what's her name, Zora? When she wants to change the name of the thing from culture to cult. Yes. And, you know, she's working very closely with James Vanderbeek, white guy who hung out with Teddy Riley at the Apollo. Apollo. <laughs> so like when he's in the, you know, the boardroom talking to a room full of black people and he's just like, this room is mine. Okay. By the way, we're doing this. And I was just like, oh my God, to have that kind of confidence. And I was just, that's all I was thinking in that moment. I was just like, how can you just be so. I know. It's called being white and male. Yeah. It's amazing. I was just like, I would. So I, when I'm at work, I pretend to be that person every time I'm in. That's what I was going to say. Sometimes when I I want to do something, I'm like, I'm nervous about going out for this thing. And Jeremy's like, hey, just have all the confidence of a mediocre white guy. Yeah, not a white guy who knows what they're talking about because sometimes like white guys who are really intelligent know that they don't know everything. Mm -hmm. You got to go mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're very just confident. enough to think yeah. that you know everything. See? I just walk into a room and assume I have the biggest stick in the room and then everything's fine. Yeah. I don't have that kind of confidence. I usually just yeah, walk I don't have big dick energy. I just pretend like I do. I just like imagine it and like channel it and then I step forward. Does it work with boobs? Do you mean like do you mean like big boob energy? Yeah, or can you like, have big boob energy? Just like your I mean, Dolly but I, I'm Dolly Parton. I'm just going to walk in here like I'm Dolly Parton. I don't, I already have Hmm. big boobs. I don't have to imagine that. I can't relate to either of these feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say I do show cleavage sometimes when I I need a little extra boost of confidence. You know, like I can see, I can understand. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've always been flat my whole life. So I never understood that. And obviously I'm not like, I'm not a biological male. So it's just like, I didn't go through like life as like a little brown matchstick. And I'm just like, hi. 
Everybody. Yeah. So, so Zora tells I'm Anna. I'm a big believer of fake it till you make it in meetings. Yeah, right? It's like, well, I don't know what I'm talking about, but maybe they don't know what I'm talking about either. So it's a win-win. I just assume that everyone knows that I don't know what I'm talking about, even when I think that I know what I'm talking about because I've yes. got imposter syndrome, heck of bad. I've also been told if you do have, if you are an imposter, you've gotten away with it for the past 14 years. So just keep doing that. Look at you, master of disguise. Uh, just keep going. Um, yeah, just keep going. Um, so one, Zora tells Anna, um, look, girl, you're going to have to change it up if you want these white people to accept you, if you want to move up. Okay. You're going to need to get your hair did. You are going to need to, you know, just kind of play the game. And thus we are complicit in our own denigration. This is a period piece. It, it feels kind of current in this moment. Um, hair is getting to be more diverse than ever, but you can still get fired for wearing natural hair, like the way it grows out of your head. I think California passed the crown act um, to stop people from being able to discriminate against people's hair. I would um, just say you don't match the, the, the culture of the business. Exactly. Yeah. But it even happened at our graduation. Wasn't there like a valedictorian or a, no, it was a wrestler who said that he had to cut his locks. Right. And they said, well, it's because it's too long. Right. And okay. Wrap yeah. It it's wrap it up and put <laughs> on a cap. Like, exactly. Am I asking yeah. you to take care of it? Like, no, they, yeah. they, they like handed him scissors, like on the mat. And they made it and they said he had to cut it or he had to forfeit the game. Yeah. I hate that. And so the much. image of one of the wrestling oh. team moms cutting his hair. Like, I know that he made the decision that you. cutting his hair was nothing. You know, he would rather wrestle than have long hair, which is fine. But yeah. the image of her hacking away at his locks there on the side, like, it just hurt. It hurt me yeah. to watch. It hurts um, at so many different levels. Yeah. There's, because you know, the case of the the guy who wasn't allowed to walk on the homecoming court because he had cornrows. And I saw the picture Then cornrows was fine. Like they was, they were right. Okay. They were looking good. Um, there's the case of the, when the army implemented new standards for women's hair yeah. and couldn't have, women weren't allowed to wear cornrows, Afro twist or puffs. So yeah. it's like, you can have a fro or you have relaxed yeah. hair. You can have a tiny fro or you can have relaxed hair. Because it's like, if I put my natural hair, if my fro grows out long enough and I put it in a ponytail, that's called an Afro puff. Like what exactly mm -hmm. do you, yeah. you know, oh and God. they so, rolled those back, but they were still there. There was employees fired yeah. from Six Flags for having natural hair. There was a little I, girl who, whose hair got cut in class because the teacher didn't like her beads clacking. Dude, mm -hmm. that's a whole her. different <laughs> issue besides the hair like first of all you touched my child yeah no over stupid stuff but no this actually reminds me of like um I had a when I was in elementary school I was like I had a, I like a pull out teacher she wasn't my normal teacher um but we did like special projects for uh, for stuff and I had to do a book report and part of the book report was like one of the options was like you could dress up as the character so my mom like hot combed my hair. This is before I got relaxed. So she's like hot combed my hair, like really straight. Cause it was the boxcar kids. So, you know. Oh, I love like, the boxcar kids. I love the boxcar kids. And I wanted Who to be Jesse. Who are you, Violet? Oh, Jesse. Oh, I want to be Jesse. I think that was her name. But I like, my mom like, like flat, like really flat in my hair. Like, so it would look like a white person. I like dressed up, had like jeans and whatnot. And I got marks taken off because I didn't make enough effort to look more like the character. And I are remember- Are you kidding? Just, yeah. And I remember just thinking like, 
what is like that was my first like really like heart wrenching like someone I lost something because I didn't look white enough and the, literally like, the project was like okay dress up like a character but like why would I lose points because I didn't look white enough basically wow mm. I'm not good at hiding my, the disappointment on my face y'all I'm sorry like, ah. I'm no Ben I'm Pimples, I don't know if you saw that <laughs> like yeah uh, dude like um the last thing that I watched that talked about hair in the same way or not really in the same way was um mixed dish and they brought it up uh in an episode and when I was watching it and even watching this like I'm just flashbacking to like being in school and being like gaslit by the teachers and the students and being told that I need to like for like the it was photo day in the episode and I this had happened to me is where like the teacher was just like you know get your hair neat you know maybe do something special and, you know, every time I would ask my mom to, like, straighten my hair or dye it or whatever, she'd beg me. She's like, just love your hair, please. Like, don't want to look like me, pale, blonde. I'm like, you're beautiful. You know, I want to look like that. And, you know, she would always tell me, um, like, people burn their skin and, and pay a lot of money to, to look like you. You got it naturally, you know. And I'm just like, okay, but life doesn't like me. So, please, can I straighten <laughs> my hair? Like, and it wasn't so I was like. 20 that I started to just be like yeah I guess I don't look bad yeah. but no matter what like I'm just, I like I look in the mirror and I still am just like do I don't do I not look professional like do people take me seriously when they're like oh yeah I'm gonna work with three and then I pull up with my like cute little afro and and big glasses and I'm like they probably see like a child or like some <laughs> nitwit like I don't know <laughs> so my my dad I get told I was born in 2000 (laughs) (laughs) look I I admit it you could have been born in 1960 I have no idea like how old you are but um my dad when I first I read a lot of people who said like when I shaved my hair off my dad had a problem with it Uh, my dad is married to a white woman Um, my siblings are three of my siblings are biracial and people used to tell my sister that all the time. They would be like, do you know how many people spend hours getting tans to look like you? No one ever told me that, by the way. No one they ever want to wear, They want to wear this because it is beautiful right. and they know it's beautiful. Right. The only they, reason they oppress me is because they know it's beautiful and they don't look like and this. They don't look like but they, and they don't want my experience. They yeah. just want to put on the outfit and then as soon as they get negative attention, take it right off. Yeah, they can take it off. So, so but this, my... this episode will be coming right after we talked about Get Out. So um, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> My dad used to say, like, he would always try and encourage me to wear my hair naturally. When Mm -hmm. I shaved my hair the first time, my mother loved it because she said it looks neat. Like that was her only concern was whatever you do, make sure that it's neat. I don't care Mm -hmm. if it's natural. I don't care if it's permed. Neat. Mm -hmm. My father loved it. He was just, he was rubbing my head. And I remember him, he said, I have been waiting for you to do this for so long. Like he was just like rubbing my hair and telling me how beautiful I was and this guy over here is like he's the one who's like just go shave your hair Mm." so she goes home which for some okay can you explain this scene to me because why was she sitting on like a little puff on the floor to eat her food and everybody else was sitting like up on the because she's not the real child she's just a redheaded stepchild i mean really they were really treating her like that it was a blair underwood is so mean in that scene He's so yeah. mean to her. But so I mean, sexy. he apologizes later, but yeah. 
but also like, so damn so Blair Underwood why why you gotta be like that yeah Jeremy was so like why is Blair right Underwood doing head. this Lawrence Fishburne thing and I was like shut up I'm stop it. it stop being yeah. mean yeah stop yeah. being mean Blair Underwood I still Blair, don't understand Blair why Fishburne in this movie I, I still don't understand why it's she lives with her aunt and uncle like why is that an important why was that even a, like a decision for this? He put a lot of energy into explaining the family, but then not explaining the family. But then not explaining yeah. the family just at like, all. Yeah. Uh, are they important at all? So he's and all I never like, really... and I'm well, black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black. <laughs> the mom also has and, yeah, like, and so does the hair. And the yeah. daughter was like giving her a perm so she would look like she would fit into the family. So right. I'm not sure. I never yeah. understood yeah. their stance. Yeah, that didn't make any sense when she was like, <laughs> yeah. he's going to flip when he sees your hair. But then when she actually does see him later, he says, like, you look beautiful. So, like, what, maybe what that's is the it? point. But, mm. I mean, like, maybe that's the point is that it's supposed to be unclear because, like, I mean, I just kind of thought of this now. It might just be a bullcrap reasoning, but, like, they'll be like, oh, we love you natural, but, you know, we'll love you if you're productive more and be productive. You got to pass and, you know, just play it a little bit, but mm. don't, you know, be proud of yourself. Like, what is it? Okay, mm. Sam? I mean, I, I don't want to overreach here but Blair Underwood's character uh, and his messaging feels a lot like the movie and its messaging where the movie is like you're giving up your soul to like get a job it's it's so wrong that you straighten your hair or get a weave or whatever but also I guess do whatever you want you know because we're not going to tell yeah. black women what to do but also that's selling your soul but sure fine whatever uh, the, just the degree to which Blair Underwood is mostly here just to deliver supernatural exposition. Yes, in the form of the moss-haired girl, which is nothing. The story doesn't make sense, and also it's nothing. So it, it make, even like the twist of the end, uh, I didn't quite get because I didn't understand the significance saying, of the story. Okay, are so, you saying that secret <laughs> hair plantations aren't a logical twist? It, it was, it was nothing. I it's my not jaw dropped at that. Yes, I told you so. Why so ben is messaged me, a secret villain? So Ben messaged me with about forty minutes left in the movie and was like, "Oh my god, I'm loving this movie. Like it's great." And I was like, <laughs> "Keep <response>. going." Um, <laughs> so the moss-haired girl is it, what did they say? The red man and has stories of the moss-haired girl, which let's just talk about, you know, how, I mean, we're writing a movie about racism and colorism, and then we include a bit of, you know, Native Americans are real spiritual, and they, they have secrets right. about this land. Right. Oh, but we don't really want to dive into it or talk about it, because then if you think anything of it, you messed it up. Yeah, before the, yeah. Before the Blair wedding. Underwood, very clear. So, oh. all right, yeah. You so even said like, oh, that used Blair to be our real history. That used to be our da-da-da-da-da. But then as soon as she's like, ah, oh, yeah, I think I'm living. And she's like, oh. So, and I'm like, the, so is it? So the moss-haired girl. Let's, <laughs> yeah, so, let's, let's talk about the mythology of the moss-haired girl. Apparently it was like a slave who wanted to look pretty and she found a tree that was growing some leaves that looked like hair. So she put it on and she was like, I'm pretty now. And people are like, you still ugly. And then her hair just went around attacking everyone. The end. Anyway. Because witches. Yeah. <laughs> but then how did that witches. turn into witches? Oh, and yes, and they were the souls of, of dispossessed witches inhabited this killer hair. So the souls of the witches were in the hair. So anyway, hey, everyone. Zora the was like, die, but witches. 
So Zora is like, Anna, you need to go see my girl, Virgie, which I found out that Justin Simeon named the characters after loved ones. Uh, Virgie was an aunt who actually passed away while he was working on Dear White People. And I have a question, does he, did he like his aunt? Because he names Laverne Cox's character Virgie. And Virgie might be evil because I Virgie loved it. gives Anna oh, Virgie a is bad sewing. Well, Virgie, even, like, no, I don't know. I think Virgie is neutral, kind of like Ollivander, because like when she takes her back to pick out oh, she did hair, let her it's pick. almost like the wand chooses you kind of thing. She did, the weave did choose her. Right? So it's like, he maybe doesn't, like maybe Virgie doesn't care. Virgie is just if this is what you want, this is what you get. Here's how it works. Yeah, and Virgie, I should say, is played by the incomparable Laverne Cox, who is gorgeous as always, and yeah, oh, acting yeah. her heart out. Is is Virgie a witch? Is Virgie the I think, witch? I think we're Virgie's the witch. The or, witch. Or a witch has made them like some kind of a familiar, maybe. Who knows? Like, I don't know how deep this lore is going, but mm -hmm. someone is doing the bidding of the witches that are stuck in the hair. So, you know, so they're they oh, bringing back the masters. And master I should also say that we keep seeing hands uh, hold uh, the boxes of hair and like ship the box of hair and they have a tattoo, a special tattoo, like a weeping willow, moss haired girl tree tattoo on this arm. And we don't know who this arm belongs to. And that'll mm -hmm. be back later. So, mm -hmm. Virgie gives a Virgie's twist like, that totally pays off. <laughs> it's it's as uh, baffling as it is unnecessary. It's a uh, Chekhov's tattoo uh, there. <laughs> yeah, Chekhov's tattoo. This you want to say is this answering you... a question I didn't have, and the answer is nonsense. <laughs> I, I do have to ask. Like, is this how you get a magical Negro in a movie that's full of black people is to just make them a trans woman? Like, is wow. That, like, wow. Uh, and, it, and is it still oh, playing on the, uh, is it still playing on like the trope of like having shit. your like queer characters play villains too? Like, um, you know? a little bit. She, she is, is ready with that pink like hair thing, which is really just like pig blood to feed it. Like she's yeah. ready, so. Maybe what she was just like, okay, well, you're definitely gonna get possessed by a witch. So and, here you go. Here's the and, witch shampoo. And for black people, like, you know, pink lotion is a real thing. Not not like, pig blood lotion, pink lotion, but it's called pink lotion. So when she's like, here's your pink lotion, it's like um, so she gets this bad sew-in, um, and she after waiting all day, and Jeremy has the story that he likes to tell about when he realized he was dating a black girl. But I realized I was dating a black girl. I mean, you weren't sure what, weren't sure what all came with okay, it. Okay, so yeah. I, I had not dated a black woman before I dated Alicia. And we were dating for a while throughout college, you not living together or anything like that. But then, at, you know, at a point we started living together. And then one day she says, all right, I'm going to go get my hair done. I was going to the braiders. At like, she tells me this at like nine, 10 in the morning. The afternoon. Oh. You know the yeah. and, writers. And I said, okay, I will see you, you later. So I, I ate breakfast and then I ate lunch and I had the rest of my day. And sometime about the time I realized I was getting hungry for dinner and I was like, should I wait for Alicia for dinner? Is it six o'clock PM right now? Has she been gone for eight hours? Is she alive? Yeah. <laughs> I I was like. I'm gonna call her and make sure she's still alive. And I call and she's like, oh yeah, I um, 
I'm still here. I'm at the Breda. I was still two hours from being done. I was still two hours from being done. He's like, I think she went to get some lunch. I'm still here in the chair. Um, I don't know when she's coming back or where she is. I haven't seen her in a while. So I don't know. (laughs) Is my hairstylist alive? That's the question. (laughs) Yeah, that's the mystery. Because they they don't speak English. Like they only (sighs) speak French. And so you're sitting there with these two women sometimes, or one woman sometimes, braiding your hair talking to each other in French and then they just decide to get some food and they just walk off and leave you there and yeah. so you're just sitting there with like what you gonna do get up with a half done yeah neck? you're not going anywhere where are you going and, the, and don't let them run out of hair or something be like you need to go buy two packs it's like no look at me I can't be out here buying two packs of hair right now <laughs> give me you know, a the tip hair store here. they've seen everybody they know it they know <laughs> they anyway. just up the prices when you come in they're just like oh you're <laughs> desperate aren't you <laughs> <laughs> all right so she waits all day to get this sew in she gets her hair braided sew ins should not make your scalp bleed it should yeah. not actually be sewn into your scalp that is but i see oh, i no. thought that was intentional is like activating it had yeah that's what i thought, I thought it was a snack it was a snack it, needed a <laughs> it was like how they like connected it to the body like yeah. like you've been tagged you you've got your rfid and anna's so dumb she doesn't or not dumb anna's so this naive that she doesn't realize that a sewing that's not right go in the cornrows because otherwise what's the point of the cornrows you're cornrows. just gonna sew it into the scalp yeah the hair she wanted said yeah she didn't know anna they, they said it when they were talking about it anna's name is anna Bledsoe. most unsettling horror scene in the movie in yeah. a tone that will not be replicated further in the movie. Nope. It just like, I felt it so is bad gonna for get her. Real goofy. I, was, I was just like, dude, like, get up. And I was like, but she doesn't know any better. And I was like, she when I was young, I, I thought that, like, I watched my aunt do that to my grandmother. And I was like, and like, they're like, what, girl? What's wrong with you? And I'm just like, why are you so good to her? <laughs> and they're like oh my god and like you know brushing it off like you should know this i'm like i'm five what? <laughs> i'm five and my mom's white oh my god but yeah so so and and she sits there because like uh lando was saying earlier you're told you gotta sit there you gotta take it beauty is pain yeah. 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 She passes out, but I mean. Yeah. Um, and and she, then she wakes up and she's got, you know, beautiful long hair. Um, so Anna Bloodsoe starts feeding her. Wait, wait. Oh my God. Her name's Bloodsoe. Her name is Anna Bloodsoe. I just got her fucking name. I didn't even <laughs> I, know it. And now. I'll check this before. Okay. I thought her. Literally, like, so. Like, come on. They didn't even try. Well, I, oh, they did try. Yeah. <laughs> I, do have, I want to skip ahead with the hair and the drinking blood. There's a scene later on oh where she's oh. having a cheeseburger. Oh, is that oh, blood? Oh, yeah. That part is fine. Is that I would have fine with just that scene. That was enough of an that explanation enough. for me. You didn't need or, to go any further, Simmy. I'm where sorry she cuts I'm her finger and the, and the hair wants and the hair's like sucking up her blood, yeah. which I didn't understand because the hair already has access to her blood through her scalp. So why right. do her need to, okay. Right? Well, the cheese, right. we have to talk about that scene. Because at first I thought it was ketchup and I'm like, hold yeah, on, is too. this working by Marceline from Adventure Time Rules where it's just anything red? <laughs> I just eat yeah. red, man. <laughs> no, it was definitely blood, man. But like, I feel like they, too many times 
she like I get it she's naive I love her but like they had like the hair had to just like to explain itself four times and then it did it like one time where I was just like we'll get to we'll get to what happened but I was just like this was so unnecessary yeah she's been explained to so many times they didn't have to take it here you've lost so much respect yeah like as soon as that scene happened in front of the mirror I was just like I'm done okay, go I'm ahead done it. trying yeah. to like like this movie Linda, what happens in that I, scene? What happens so in with that, that scene which is why I, when you said period piece that is the scene <laughs> and they kind of do a throwback like they, oh. they kind of set it up early when she's like looking for a tampon in the bathroom and like I need wine if I need wine if we're talking flag. about this scene yeah drink it I mean, that was Marceline, my first flag when they were like, oh, we're all synced up. First of all, that would be the worst if they're all wearing weaves and they're all on the period at the same time. But oh my God. later, oh. like, she's like, oh, I'm on my period. I need a pad. And the hair's like, no, don't worry about it. I got this. And then this is the most weird, creepy, uncomfortable scene um, of her, oh. her hair just soaking up her blood from her period. And it's like, why did you need to show me that? What Y'all was did the, the burger? Why Y'all did the you burger? Need- you did the finger? You did yes. how many different examples? You did, like, you that was that after point. the murder. Like that was after the oh, rape so, scene. So I, we should also say that her her creepy skeevy landlord in her little one one room apartment, Mr. Tannen, who is a drunk because wine and tannins. Tannen. I guess that's why we came up with oh, that boy. name. Oh. So Mr. Tannen. Oh. Um, you know, comes in and he's like, I can't afford the rent. How about a little, little thigh to make up for it? I guess. I <laughs> oh, me. Threatening talk. And he uh, tries to rape her and her hair is like, not on my watch yeah. and Whoa. chokes him out. And she's like, oh man, thanks. Wait, hair. wait. And hair is but like, her hair doesn't. She, the they, only reason the hair is activated is because she stabs she him it. first. Oh, she I thought it. her she hair did it. Yeah, I no, I thought the hair her. was like, I'm gonna hold him down. You mm-hmm. I, I do like the moment earlier in the movie where the landlord's being awful and then he's called away by just random off screen Nicole Byer ad lib joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Byer was fantastic in this movie and had she absolutely nailed like, it. The neighbor who was like, mm, I don't even know what's happening here. Um, <laughs> could have just rewritten every sentence that she said in this movie with girl whatever girl whatever she's just that black neighbor that's that's her character and I she love her though elevates it and she elevates the role wait have you seen have you seen black lady sketch comedy show yes yes, yes. Oh, buyer as the as the secret agent yes. is my favorite thing so it's cute pretty great is my favorite thing. Ben, if you have not seen a Black Lady sketch show, sketch comedy. I, I want to see it. It looks Please really watch. funny. It is I felt so called out. Show. And yeah. the there's an episode where they all have like their like end of the world like suitcases. Yes. And yeah. the one with the hair products, I was like, oh my yeah. God, don't look at the me. The one with yeah. who didn't wear a hair wrap. I was Quinta yeah. in that scenario. Anyway, yep. there's, there is, Ben, there is a great, um, character robin Thede plays a fantastic character who just is a hotep and yes just like oh her master class you, 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 you see um and like i feel like her character probably helped write this movie and we'll yeah. talk about that um <laughs> towards the end i don't i okay so one why did we need to see the period piece i don't get it what's weirdest about that scene too is not even like okay i get it if they really insisted on proving the point but 
did did the hair take over her after doing the deed and say what did they, what did it say like she was like this. we won't repeat this i'm like dude, yeah she, you do she was it? like we won't we won't say anything about this I, I assumed it was her going i am definitely not telling like if i tell anybody about my hair it, this is not like we this movie it was really yeah. 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 why does like talk down to her hair why does her hair need to travel to other places to suck her blood exactly it's attached to her scalp yes this movie really was locks of hair flailing around wildly to be (laughs) scary just like can we get one more scene there is a scene and this is the only time like because i i I don't uh, i want to talk about it now just in case but like you know we talk about all the goofy scenes all the stupid like slapstick like uh horror but then there's like two three scenes at the very end of the uh movie where um god what is the the boss lady's name again zora, zora. zora. yeah zora. where she is standing behind the camera yes. while um you know that was beautiful and then also oh, when oh, she's yeah. um looking up at the building to her at yes. her silhouette yeah. and I then love also that the moment. scene and then also the scene where you know she, she's uh uh, our main character is in the hallway when she's trying to escape all of these hair witches and like she's on the ceiling and like her hair is whirling yes. and then you see her eyes I was like okay how come they embodied like like the black old black and white horror films so perfectly yes. in yeah. these scenes but then you also have the scene in the um hair salon where they fall and their heads just go oh my yeah. god yeah, with the Sam Raimi zoom in. So, yes. Like, it's so, so goofy. So oh, um, I do have a question. Talking to, since we were talking about the last scenes, why, why, why? She's running away from all the hair witches. Wait, why does her own hair just attack her and stop her? I was good. Before we get to the before we get to the hair witches, I want to come back to that. Because yeah, yeah, sorry. I want to talk about that B movie horror when Anna goes, Oh my God, my hair is murdering people. I have to get this hair out of my head. And she goes to a natural hair salon where people are relaxed and they're having fun. It's like, oh, natural hair. Yes, you know, she's like, and there's this throwaway line, like black women should be able to wear their hair however they want to. Girl, you look good. Girl, you look good too. And it's like, oh, so you threw that in after black women were like, so really what it sounds like is that you're saying natural hair, good, fake hair, bad, black women who wear fake hair are selling yeah. out. Like, that's yeah. what the movie says. So it's like that line is thrown in there. The hair uh, gets wind that she's trying to get rid of it and kills all of the women in the natural hair salon in very B-movie campy type of way. This was definitely my like shark jumping moment. Cause right. again, yeah. what, I was so, yeah. what I was so invested in was that like entertainment industry journey so this relationship she had with this mentor figure who like she abandoned and then realizes right like i'm like okay i this is a relationship i'm really invested in this is such a key mm-hmm. part of anna's growth and it's like nope fucking horror mo- horror movie hair monster dead this is the movie now i'm like oh, oh. okay the thing i was really invested is yes in, in, is, and it dies like you said might as well have died off screen Bray, you said <laughs> this earlier that the the problem with this movie is that it feels like it's trying to do a lot of things at once yeah, yeah and, like absolutely and this was the point where it because bad hair being a bad weave that like comes for people or like it was taken off of a criminal and now it's possessed that is a very B-movie 
fun type of thing that I would have been down for. That sounded like fun. But then the movie starts off talking about like very important issues and it's got a very arty, dramatic feeling. And then we also have like, check out Kelly Rowland <laughs> with Michael Jackson eyes dancing in this hip hop video. Like I, yeah. I really, like part of me wanted to I did appreciate enjoy... the Kelly Rowland cameo. That I mean, there's the, um, the, because bad hair, like you said, obviously like literal bad hair, hair is trying to kill people. And then it's also bad hair, like the opposite of good hair, like the real world parallel of it. And I can appreciate that. Um, uh, I'm not great with words, uh, juxtaposition. I don't know, but like how they exist at the same time yeah. um, in a situation. And I really like towards the end of the movie, I was just like, you know, this was cheesy as heck, but I really liked the idea of like, ooh, hair witches are among us and they're the celebrities. I was yes. like, ooh, it's spicy. I love it. Like old 90s Sabrina the Teenage Witch feeling or some crap. Yeah. But the whole movie felt like goosebumps for the older young adult. <laughs> um, but also with a couple of really surprising scenes where you're like, all right, cool. Someone knew what they were doing there. But overall, it's just a goof. Yes. Yeah. And it's sad because it had weight. Yeah, her, just... her buddies, Lena Waith. Um, I cannot remember what her character's name oh, is. When Lena is she, Waith, oh, is she is, soul sister? Is she soul when sister? Lena Waith is there no, in Act Three, it, this movie goes full horror comedy, yes. and she carries yes. it and sells yes. it. Like yes. Yes. <laughs> and my best, my favorite line is like, "I can't die today. I haven't been to church in like fifteen years." Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. I wanted more of that. Just so there is the absolute there's two great movies in here that cannot coexist there's yeah. the fantastic <laughs> anna character study movie and then there's the lena waif starring like horror comedy yeah, yeah. So there's a third movie there's a third movie that i really feel like could have happened and it's where instead of it being like a, a witch that's like uncontrollable it's like actually more of a superpower and like it turns into like a, a superhero origin story. And then she becomes part of like Deadpool's X-Force. Like, I feel like she's right up there with like random superhero powers. They'll be very effective for solving like fighting crime. All right, I, I just, need to say, like and now definitely... this is where you say TM, 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 because <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy and Ben are writers yeah. I mean... and Bree is an artist. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get that idea. Yeah, you, 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 you gotta protect that idea. That's a good one. Protect it. Right. Uh -uh. That is not, for, that is not a story for me to write. No, sir. Hey. <laughs> you don't think your black Jewish hair superheroine character could work? Because I know you've been wanting to write. Same for true Rachel. Okay. If this oh, is okay. If this is, oh. if this is a cue for me to pitch again my rom com where Zoe Kravitz plays a rabbi and David Diggs plays the synagogue's new yes. cancer and I'm they have a whole rom-com, like. Y'all are creative. David Diggs is the best. Have so you seen David Diggs on Sesame Street? Yes, I have seen David Diggs. And he Diggs is on Sesame absolutely incredible. He's so beautiful. All right, but what were you uh, gonna say? I, I was gonna say, uh, having seen both of them fairly recently, uh, what strikes the, the comparison I want to draw on the third act here is to, to Wonder Woman '84, oh. where like there's a big like there's a big action piece and there's a big like super like superhero hero whatever has to take on the villain, but like the rules are incredibly muddled and unclear. Like we don't like the what witches? Where are the witches? Who are the witches? Who who is controlling them? Like 
Mm-hmm. What, what are the rules as to like- Blame it on the storybook. So, like, so let's talk what, about- So the, like, why is she the only one not already mind controlled? Right. right, so let's talk about that because Lena Waithe explains. So she runs back to the office and she's like, oh crap, I gotta let Zora know that this hair is taking over and like is crazy. And Zora's like, girl, yeah, you gotta let the hair do what the hair do. Wait, no, first Zora's like, what? No, really? Okay, yeah. Um, and wearing just the greatest suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that they white and gold they're going to get rid of the hair. Oh, and then the hair kills Zora. Yeah, the hair snaps you know, Zora's just hair. neck and then it re- Yeah, but Zora all of a sudden was like, I'm done with this. Like, why? where was that? Where was that transition? Where was that, was that energy that five minutes ago? Yeah, yeah. really, she's spontaneous. There's she definitely Waith, and we discover that Lena Waith hasn't been is the only one who hasn't been possessed because Virgie was too expensive and she went somewhere <laughs> else. Here I, she has a I love that it does prove that Virgie is the one with the source of the the moss hair, but it does make me wonder if they have a whole plantation, what other cities in the US are also getting shipments of this hair. And the so, only thing that could have saved that twist ending is if instead of James Vanderbeek looking over his secret plantation it was him and Laverne Cox just laughing and throwing stacks of money in <laughs> we, haven't actually, we haven't said what the twist ending yet was yet oh well but like the, the one other Oops. thing I wanted to, to say about Oops. like so the twist is it's a terrible twist <laughs> <laughs> the one other thing I want to say about the third act in general is I think part of the reason it doesn't work is because for all of Justin Simeon's like skill as a writer and as a director and like how good he is at the social commentary stuff and i'll never be a person to say like you can't have social commentary and genre stuff obviously that's right kind of my career. i mean that's kind of this whole podcast <laughs> yeah. deal but he does not have a sense of for directing horror of like he doesn't seem to know how to build suspense and anticipation and uh or like the rules like he he hasn't given us a, uh, an idea of even what to s- expect He's just yeah. sort of like, uh, this is troubling. Let's put, let's put this out there. You know, this is this scene is gonna like be fun to watch, but like, there's no like, I think horror. You got to know what the deal is for a lot of it to work. So, what are some of the rules that you were questioning? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Really, just the, why the when the hair controls people and why what for? Yeah. I mean, the, everything in the movie was convenient for the movie. And that's just like, I mean, obviously every movie falls into that, but this one was like to the point where it's just like, stretch that suspense of disbelief a little further, please. Like, please. Yeah, like, all the, care, all the right characters got mind controlled like, in the right place for maximum yeah. scare scenario. The yeah, hair responds to Anna when it wants. <laughs> And if the hair, if the hair can kill its host and continue to animate its body then and do why, whatever it wants, then why did we have the rest of this movie? Why yeah. didn't like she get a sewing and it killed her? And then exactly did the rest of the thing. Now, that's why it should have been that this was like a special sewing, and it turns out this is just like the Venom movie, and they have to team up to fight the evil. Like, Dude, weave. I thought I honestly thought this was going to be like yeah. a vampire movie. I thought it was going to somehow turn into like black vampires, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I kind of like it that like our hair is the thing that like holds us to immortality and the blood and blah blah blah. I was just like, all right, yeah. And you know, we went through this the whole thing. Native Americans, yeah. which connect to trees, which connect to African plantations. Yeah, yeah. And this weave having a slap fight with Zora's weave. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought the I think the vampire thing would have worked because I thought when like 
Vanessa Williams showed up, I thought she looked a little too old for like how mm. old she was supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. So it would have been cool if like, yeah, they had this like absorb blood to keep their parasite body like going or whatever. Yeah, because like the hair took over the body, which now does this or that. Like that would have been easier to explain than how the storybook yeah. matches real life, but people believe it, but don't believe it. And sometimes it's valid, but not valid. Like, what? And but even with the hair, cultures, I don't know. I, and even with the hair continuing to grow like longer and longer the more it fed i was like man at some point you got to get a haircut i was thinking if it was like zora you know had always been a witch or had already been taken control by a witch if she was just a more in control villain or like a villain for like that felt like for agency i felt like maybe that kind of act two to act three shift to like straight out horror could have been handled a little more gracefully yeah it might have been a little bit more like obvious but at least it would have had a purpose and also they never talk about the actual like musician that was obviously a parasite witch vampire too Mm -hmm. like she just kind of shows up and then she walks off the stage in that one scene we never see her again and i'm like how what's life for her and isn't usher concerned yeah usher like and then he saw and then he never came back well that's also my problem is that anna does nothing like Laverne Cox is still working at this exact same store, still Her putting in. Go and get an oh, oh, yeah. And only then does Anna go like, oh wait, I should maybe do something about that. And that ends the movie, and then you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. so, Linda, what were you so gonna what? say? Oh, I was gonna say I don't know that the length of the hair matters because it seems to be able to control its own. Mm, that's true, and like it like reaches out but, and then like, retracts. Yeah, that's and true. I don't feel it like just, Anna is being filled with like more and more hair every day, like on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I needed the. It just, I needed it just to feels like a missed up- was like it's possessing people. Yeah. Is, it, is it trying to possess everybody? Is there some sort of summoning it's attempting to do? Like where where is this going? And then Anna. Could well, try to stop that. With Zorro, I think the hair just wants to host a music video show. <laughs> <laughs> Anna does at one point get the chance to host the music video show, and she does a fantastic job. And it's all thanks to the hair. <laughs> um, so you know, she confronts Zora. Zora is killed. The hair takes over. The hair is like fully like I'm in control now, and is killing everybody left and right, and. Uh, Anna hides in like a, a booth, I guess, a control booth or a sound room or something. And yeah. she's huddled under the desk and she decides to smoke a cigarette because she's like, well, it's going to be just a matter of time before I get killed. And then she's like, oh, wait, Virgie told me not to get my hair wet. And so she decides to set off the sprinklers. That was Chekhov's lighter, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Chekhov's cigarette smoke. Uh, she sets off the sprinklers, the hair gets wet, and it's weakened enough that she can cut her hair off and, and get that sew-in out of her head. So why can't I, you become a firefighter, set everybody's houses on fire, put the fire out, cut everybody's hair off? Like, <laughs> so you're suggesting that we turn I, water hoses on Black people? Is that what your suggestion yeah, is? Right? <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely works. There's no, no backfire for that one. I'm not oh sure how much credit Anna gets for coming up with this strategy, given that don't get it wet is the one single thing she was told one like minute. not to do to it, and it takes her the entire movie to even think to try that. No, At she one tries point, once, and then she gets stopped when she was going to go walk into the rain she thought about it but i don't think she connected that this is how you destroy it i thought she was just like i'm just gonna i don't know like she seemed like she was just like i'm just gonna go end it all but then she didn't go out because <laughs> that was like because once she started like trying to get her, i'm like okay so you're gonna take a shower and just like run it through or mm-hmm. it's raining now 
it's right. You're walking in the rain. Did you? Are you just gonna try to like maybe maybe just see if that works? Uh, I wonder. As I wonder if black women hair, we are like takes over. That's true, but I'm wondering like. I wonder if the hair controlled her like whenever it was just like don't get me near water or yeah. something so if, like if it anticipated her taking a shower like ha- will it be like no shower maybe today the hair so has she been stinky this whole time we just don't know that's what we learned that's hocus pocus rules them's hocus pocus rules witches don't know about lighters and sprinklers <laughs> yeah and honestly <laughs> I don't know if that would actually work okay that- so that was my other issue. I, mean, I can with, disagree with, with Focus, Focus. The ending is like, why doesn't her hair just kill her? Mm-hmm. Why is it not helping the other witches? Yes. Complete their goal, or like, what? What is the witch's goal? Why? Why are we chasing Anna? I don't understand. Why? Yeah, so let's talk absolutely. about the ending. So at the very end, we see the tattooed arm again. Uh, you know, we see the that they're at a farm and they're putting hair in boxes and loading it up into a truck and we see the tattooed arm and the tattooed arm is attached to <gasps> James Vanderbeek. That's bum, bum, right, bum. Scoobies. He's the only other significant white person in the That's movie. right, Scoobies. It was the white right. guy all along. And uh, he literally owns a plantation still. Literally owns a plantation still where he um, <laughs> has the original plantation from the storybook. Yes. Yeah. Happens and to. is cutting this tree hair no 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 he has an army of black slaves cutting tree hair helpers to ship out to other people to put on black women's heads so that he can dot 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 money monetize off of the oppression of the black women yes i said to quote kanye i think i wrote a note that says to weave at a time i I feel like just no that's not how i'm quoting to quote i feel like just working at the tv channel has to make more money than this entire scheme yeah Yeah. and do more brainwashing than a tool like you know you just t- steal man. my Kanye West okay. quote. No, no, no. okay. Drug dealer by George. Kelly Rowland is uh, Kelly Rowland is off to be controlled by witches <laughs> and produce a series of number one hits. I guess. I guess. <laughs> okay, drug dealer by Jordan's crackhead by crack, and a white man get paid off of all of that. That's uh, <sighs> deep. First book of Kanye. Um. May he rest in peace. May he right. rest in peace because Kanye. <laughs> he will rise again. Um, <laughs> we can only hope. Um, great lyrics from Hatsune Miku. Great lyrics. So yeah, um, I said the, the movie seems to be saying something about how weave is a tool of the white man to control I mean, the black woman and hmm. being natural is best. Maybe possibly, I, I mean, I don't understand why it's not possible that this movie could just explore the idea that a black woman might play with changing up her hair, maybe because of social pressures, but maybe also she really likes wearing a protective style that protects her natural hair and allows her to have some versatility in her life. Like, absolutely. I think that like this, like this movie could have brought attention to the problem that was put onto black women um in a way that it wanted to but at the same time like the thing is like okay in this horror format it makes it to where it's just a black and white issue and then they still sprinkle in gray areas even though those don't belong in this narrative you can't have those gray like areas with the narrative 
but if you want to go down the path of like yeah like sure we understand that this was used to oppress us but now we're making it into something different we're like you know reclaiming it and we can still understand the history of it and still play with it but like that there's no room for that whole conversation in this horror film yeah in my opinion that's where it would have worked with the Venom team up. <laughs> I mean, literally, the last reveal is it's a literal evil white man, like, shipping this stuff off to women to, like, control them. And yeah. But, like, what does he get the, from that control? And, like, where does do the witches them, get into this? Are these black witches? Are they yeah. American witches? I don't know. Like, they were supposed to be. And maybe it's, like, like the white man will still always find a way to monetize off of brown people because it's like the whole like what I understood I don't know and I don't think that I'm just saying maybe that's the point but like the whole point of like the witches cursing their hair by having pure of heart was because they didn't want their hair to be used after they died but like why would they want why would they have that feeling in the first place and also so are the Native Americans the bad guy what's what are we trying to say even if I'm a super powerful vengeful spirit i cannot escape slavery and capitalism (laughs) right yeah like i don't know (sighs) okay i just that takes (laughs) it to existentially terrifying there you go oh no yeah can i change my rating (laughs) i knew it was yeah i think like the real the real interesting thing to me is having seen like dear white people like i know that justin simeon understands and has something to say about like the nuance of race stuff but mm-hmm. once we get to gender he seems to like not realize that he why. does not know what to say there that he doesn't understand like he is the man in this scenario yeah, telling, yeah. speaking you know, on it, experience he doesn't have in this mm-hmm. case, not having the nuance yeah. that he's asking yeah, I mean- for in discussions about race. Simeon, Simeon said, I it's just wanted to a... give myself the experience of following that, but also pair that with real constant conversations with the experiences of actual Black women. Um, always I wanted to ask Black women, did I get your experience right? What you're telling me is horrifying and needs to be interrogated. And those are the two thi- two driving philosophies of bad hair. What am I obsessed with? And what are my chosen sisters telling me is on their mind? Like, I feel like they could have definitely told this as, like, a psychological horror without having to add, like, fairy tales. Like, because I've, like, I don't like white horror where they're like, let's blame the spooky on the Aztecs. Let's blame the spooky on the Egyptians. Like, I'm like, I don't like those kinds. Wonder Woman. (laughs) And that first scene, when that first awful scene when it's being woven in, it really is that, would that psychological horror. Yeah. the hair is more just this she symbol was already, rather than this literal monster. She was literally already like traumatized by the experience as a child. She was traumatized as an adult trying to make it. You know, like she has actual weight with this. It You don't have to, you don't have, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is you don't have to inject fairy tale aspects to the black female's experience because it's already terrifying. There's enough real world weight to it. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess that's what it comes down to. Yes. But I think that's why I was a little off put by the powerful the spooky tree. We didn't really talk about Julius much in this movie, but Julius is just a fuck boy who fucked around and found out. And that's Julius's character. Yeah, Julius is, is one of the people who, who gets in on the killing spree. We find out like over the course of the movie that like he literally took her ideas 
and put himself in the spot that she was imagining her in and then like just you know pitched it that way and has become successful entirely off of you know the person who was at that point his girlfriend's ideas and then has uh, really really fucked her over in the process Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like it's like they're trying, like trying to say way too many things without giving proper attention to anything, and yeah. so it's just like you just kind of like whispering, "This is a problem." Like, what? If we're gonna com- yeah, if we're gonna compare this to dear white people, I think dear white people benefits from a being much more the director's actual lived experience, and also it's like genre and tonally, it's just a much more focused movie that knows what it is and what it's trying to say. This movie is just trying to be too many things with too many different tones. I like every aspect individually, but as a whole piece, I'm like, nah, man. Yeah, if we could extricate and make movies out of the various parts of this, we would have so many good, like, awesome films. But altogether, it's... Oh, it does, Literally, it like the end of that bit. second act, it jumps the shark, and then the third act is about the shark. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. oh my god, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, when I the started... hair just forms what? like the hair drill that goes in the hairstyle, its mouth, and then just I oh remember, my like, god, that scene uh, was... ruined it. Yeah, because yeah. so yeah, like that I was whole, that whole scene in the the natural hair salon where it just goes on a, a killing spree is like, oh no. I don't really know why like that th- didn't really need to happen because it's like is that like the scene that was supposed to just make her completely unhinged like this is something bigger than me I can't control this like and like because she, she never really said to get it that. taken out because she knew it was something that she couldn't control yeah, I did well, have the thought wouldn't the police investigate all these murders and I'm like oh no. wait no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. oh right <laughs> Uh, I didn't even know and I didn't even catch that I didn't even question it (laughs) yeah that was never at no point did I ever wonder what the police were gonna say when they did anybody care that Julius was just gone nope the only people the only person they cared about was Aura I seen like, looks there. like looks like an open and shut suicide to me. Stabs himself in the in the groin a whole bunch. The only thing that was really surprised is how the landlord was just straight up murked, and the cops didn't care enough. Oh, but even, the co buyer like, had a, a very plausible theory, which was like, oh, there are a whole bunch of gin bottles up there. I bet he just slipped and fell. True, but didn't they like see the stab? No, in no. His body? no autopsy. People <laughs> who often have zero blood in their body. <laughs> <laughs> it's dry i mean you think dry. anybody you think anybody in that building is gonna be like let me help you solve this man's murder like no but i no, think that the cops no. would probably enter, like make their lives a living heck i don't know like i was just like they just go that's just nothing okay who owns the building now what's going on he's the super not the owner ah, true he owned that building I mean, obviously I mean, you don't know how life works as an adult okay i'm 20 <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Brie is not 20. <laughs> this is like I'll be doing. honest, like it was beautiful because earlier like you I'm slap I'm like smacked up right in the middle of the two ages you kind of put me. I'm 27. Oh so, yeah. You might like, as well be 20. <laughs> I just don't feel as clueless as one. So you, you just round you just round down from 27. <laughs> ben, how old are you? I'm 30. 30 okay look a real respectable adult age no i'm kidding (laughs) it's it's been a shift i did i did actually like turning 30 because then 
I could tell people I'm 30, like when they were insulting me, you know, like 30 sounds like a really grown up age, which I realized that saying, I like being able to say I'm 30 because now I sound like I'm a real grown up kind of takes away from that a little bit. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) my only real regret about turning 30 is really just how it took me until being 28 to come out as non-binary. And I'm like, I could have done of like maybe the four or five more years of being in my twenties is like knowing who the hell I was. That might've been cool. Yeah. It does sound that the longer it takes you to figure it out, the less time you had to like enjoy it. But we got our own money now. We can dress how we want. I'm still, I'm still doing my best to make this hot girl winter. Hey. okay like you know how like when you're a kid and you're like oh when I have money I'm gonna buy all the candy I want well you can apply that now to your however you want to express yourself it's like I got money now I'll buy whatever I want dress however I want every day you should see my closet and how much of it is floral print (laughs) floral print Uh, I just wear depressing muted colors now lots of grays I just wear a lot of, I don't know. A lot of grays, a lot of black and white. I'm just starting by shoot. All right. Um, so <laughs> digressions aside, mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about race. We've talked about gender. Um, what we've, We didn't really hit on class um, that much. How does this movie deal with class? By throwing richer people out of windows. Okay. Uh, there was just the only thing I can recall is they talked about like um the hair salon was like I don't know how they hook you up in the hood but we are an established business worldwide business or something I'm like okay that's accurate I forgot about like that. and I again I want to go back to that lady and be like excuse me you are a front for a secret witch plantation <laughs> where do you get off <laughs> How dare. That's my other question is like the exclusivity of that salon. Like if they're trying to spread this hair around and like possess as many people as possible, why are they like making this so exclusive? Okay, I actually think, I think you have to be certified. I think that's why it's like, we're only going to do one, one place at a time because we have to trust that they're not going to like ruin the operation. So you can't just like, Mm, yeah, it'll probably trickle down in time. I assume so. Your overhead to run an entire secret hair plantation to just one salon, like, your economy scale are way off. They bring the bodies back to the salon, they can just get all the money off of the dead corpses to help, like, (laughs) that definitely helps with the overhead. Carries cash like that, especially it's that the way. 80s. It's, it's the 80s. 80s. It's 1989. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take it back. Oh, yeah. Take that off the record. This is my favorite thing is just examining the business practices of like evil plants. The other class conversation that I remember was when um, she comes, when Anna comes home for dinner and they're like, long time no see, but yet they have meal a meal waiting for her. I, I wasn't going to ask. The but whole she goes, family like, relationship. Yeah. But she, she, she said something like, I can't believe everybody in here has a PhD, but you all believe in fairy tales. So it's like kind of like she feels like an outsider because she's not as educated as the rest of the people in her family. But by the end of the movie, she's the only one woke. I'm so oh, my dumb. other question. My other question was when the, the hamburger scene, when the sister or the cousin brings over the hamburger and she's like, you've had this book for a month why hadn't she read that story more times before? And then she's like, calling her mom, like, can you read me the story? I don't remember. Like, you more, had the book for to yourself for a month. More times. She it. never finished it. She yeah. never finished it never the one time. 
It's not even the whole book. That's just like a short oh, story. story. An author oh, photo of James Vanderbeek in the back. Just, dude, this movie is just an example just, of like see? lack of education. It's like your boss is on the back of the story book doing like this. Again, between that and right. taking the entire movie to think maybe I should get it wet, the thing they told yeah. me not to do. Like I, mean, I love yeah, Anna. She's a great character. Every day. I, I assume she had, I assume I, she like did something like had a shower cap or something to No, I don't get my hair wet when I shower. Uh, and I don't wear a shower cap. I just have been trained. Wow, wow look at you careful. <laughs> okay. Now it. that I have locks, I don't wear just a shower cap. And don't need no shower cap. Yeah. I've never, I've never, I've never worn a shower cap and I've never gotten my hair wet in the shower on purpose. Unless I was I, going I've to wash it. I've never worn a shower, shower cap, cap, but I have worn a baseball hat in the shower. <laughs> okay, that's um, not what I was expecting. That's... I, that's I'm not where I thought that's what she's going. I'm not going to lie. Where is that going? Wait. Alicia, I think I just broke you? Jeremy with that one. I'm 5'7". Five, I'm five, that's why you don't have to Same. wear. I'm short. And so I, I'm not. That's just, it's just going to get up in that hair. Just, I'm going to have to put it on. It's just going to be in the way. Dude, I know I shouldn't wet my hair every time. It dries it out. But like, I just love the feeling too much. I'm just like. <laughs> 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 I'll be like, all right. Bring you I'll moisturize later. <laughs> Oh, you were talking about your suitcase full of products. What's in your suitcase full of product? What, what are, okay. All right. Let's, let's share, let's product swap. What are your top three hair must-haves? Man, I'm not going to give you anything because I don't know. Like like, the last thing that I tried that worked was um, texture ID and that was all right, but I think there's too much protein in it. And so mm. then my hair is just like, ah, and not, nothing, nothing works. Also, I have hard water, so nothing oh, will work anyway. Yeah. And so what I've been doing, I think I got this, uh, nah, I've just been like wetting it and then like putting some shave butter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, oil, I don't know, that Use doesn't butters. work. Use the butters, yeah. I don't know, bad. It's so hard. Berries. It's all crusty. Some berries. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been using Kinky Curly on the girls, like the Kinky, kinky Curly. Kinky Curly's good. Been, um, right. That I, works. I, I just bought that. Mixed chicks was not. Mixed chicks was, was not. I just bought some Kinky Curly for a friend of mine who is white? <laughs> Question okay. mark? But has good. very that curly, nice. very thick curly hair. Um, and <laughs> Mediterranean. Mediterranean is what we call white with a question mark. <laughs> and uh, white. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I bought a texturizer and did not realize that it was like for spraying on your jerry curls, like once you have them. <laughs> it's like, oh what God. have I done? And I was like, girl, I got you. I'm gonna call it. I got you. I've been using aloe vera gel and yeah. tea tree shampoo. Like I have cut out, I used to be a product junkie and I have cut all of my products down to Dr. Bronner's mm. <laughs> and mm. yeah. aloe vera gel and maybe some tea tree leave-in. Oh, and what's the, what did your... I have you buy me? The argan oil. Yeah. Yeah. I, just I like grapeseed oil because it smells really good. Grapeseed oil is good. Olive oil is good. an applicator so it gets like right in all my parts without me having to like rub it. Nice. Yeah, I, I want to get an applicator. Like literally, any anything my hair likes, my face breaks out. Anything yes. my face likes, my hair doesn't yep. like. Yep. And so I have that experience right here. Like, like yeah. when I was mm-hmm. using, I started using the argan oil because when I just like grabbed some olive oil at the kitchen and like put it on there, my hair was like, I'm beautiful, I'm luscious, and my skin, my face was. Like, <laughs> yeah, the Pacific <laughs> Ram got your hairline. 
Yeah, it was terrible. I don't I, have that problem. That's nice. Have, but my skin, I have like really tough skin. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good hair product, but for skincare products, I got this like melon infused moisturizer from Sephora that mm. I absolutely love. Like it feels great and it makes my face smell like a Jolly Rancher. Ooh. Melon. Yeah, melon I heard infused. I heard melon infused. Okay. I heard melon. I did heard melanin. I mean, I, I heard okay, I heard melanin, but I assume melon. Melon. Melon, melon the fruit. Melon the from, fruit. From Sephora. <laughs> melon. Melon Get the fruit. I don't know it's if it's cantaloupe. I don't know if it's honeydew. I don't know if it's watermelon. I don't know which melon, but um melon the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what melanin infused. <laughs> it's, get a, it's get out brand conditioner. That's a, okay, just... that sounds like a whole other fucking horror movie, right? <laughs> Dude, I uh, what was end up looking like Donald Trump by the end of it. Oh no! <laughs> just all orange and streaky. Oh. Don't you put that evil on me? <laughs> <laughs> I take it. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. So, is this movie real woke or real sleep? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this like? Hotel, or is this like it's it's so close it's so it's close. screaming into the it's it's screaming something but i don't think anybody knows what it's screaming. what it's screaming um we're just like sexuality at all or uh, disability lena i mean lena waith is in the movie lena waith <laughs> is in the movie but there's nothing particularly gay about lena waith other than lena waith <laughs> There's like one line she says, sometimes when I mess with the boys, but that like, yeah, that's it. She also has a line where she says like, my girl, like in a way that is, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's Lena Waithe saying it. I'm like, oh, that's not a friend. That's a girlfriend. And like, maybe it's because it's 1989 and it couldn't just be out in 1989. Yeah. That would have been full-blown AIDS pandemic. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't seem to like really take that into account. Now, as far as like sexual, like human sexuality goes, I think it does deal a lot with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was interesting to see a male character play the role of like someone who's sleeping up their way uh, into like, because uh, her ex-boyfriend was sleeping his way into success or that's how they put it. It's interesting seeing that. Um, and then like, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like at first, Anna was supposed to like, portray like someone who didn't have like any control or say in their life but then like you know the one time she's about to like feed on him uh you know she's hooking up with him and I'm like is this her you know like liberation or she's now is she not like I don't get it like I didn't really get what's happening there and then I wish, like, maybe it was just a hookup <laughs> I wish we had really seen them interact a little bit more or had some sort of like you know one of those like a hookup of like him using her him really kind mm-hmm. of manipulate or like not yeah, acknowledging it her bad. <laughs> it's like i felt like we had this scene it's like i wish we had the contrast to see mm-hmm. for like that later scene when she eventually kills him like mm-hmm. to see like what the relationship was versus where it is at that very end yeah yeah because they weren't really like they didn't really paint him I think okay again another thing where they tried to do two things at once they tried to paint him as like a jerk who was taking advantage of all the women in the in the business like so that he could get ahead but then also they painted him as someone who's just doing what he can like everyone else to get ahead and then at the same time they kind of paint him as just like this pitiful guy who really actually likes Anna but 
you know so i was just like how am i supposed to feel about I him dying i feel like that may be the ultimate conflict this movie has is it doesn't know whether it's moral is it's okay to like sacrifice material gains to like stick by your principles or it's understandable and sympathetic to do what you have to to like play an unfair game and do what you can and maybe that's really, the point <laughs> yeah. oh you yeah, know just really the movie doesn't seem to know and doesn't come down one way or the other yeah that's i feel like that's an overwhelming uh thing for throughout this movie is the movie doesn't seem to know what the movie is trying to say <laughs> it's yeah. saying something but it's not sure what it is it, it's it's like hey you're all confused at the real world situation right so what if I went and tried to explain it and left you just as confused? Oh, it's meta because we're all confused. <laughs> like It's like, okay, thanks. I'm glad I watched it. It's deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think this doesn't say anything about ability or disability. There are no, there are no people, yeah. there are no disabled people in the making nope. of this movie. Nah. I mean, there's plenty of trauma, but it just, it feels comfortable just piling trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. Mm-hmm. Not and really never actually acknowledging it. <laughs> so uh, what's your take? Would you recommend this movie to, would you tell somebody that they should watch this one or maybe this is one they should miss? I feel like I'd be, it'd be like Motorhome Massacre where I'm just like, you gotta watch it it's so bad that it's good. But I would feel guilty for saying that because it's trying to say something and I'm like, am I selling out like the message? Like, mm. uh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want people to laugh at it, but I don't want people to, I don't want people to think that I'm not aware of its shortcomings. It, even if it doesn't come together, it still has way too much going on and too much to say to be like a dumb, so bad it's good movie. Mm. Yeah. Also, one more thing on the queer. Uh, a minor queer beat is uh, Liver is the one scene Laverne Cox has when Anna asks her, like, have you ever just wanted to be somewhere that the world told you you didn't belong? And she just, and Laverne Cox just gives her this fucking look. <laughs> and she's just like, it'll be my good deed for the day. And I'm just like, okay. Laverne. Laverne Cox. I love her. Already. <laughs> she's you know what? In that moment, I I might have thought that you know she's like I'll be a good person, but I was like I think in that moment she went yeah she's gonna be the one I'm. <laughs> <laughs> she's the one. Unselfless. <laughs> in, in a way, it's like it's like Get Out, where you have to go back and reevaluate everything this character said before. Once you know what the actual things going on in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, Wait a minute. There's some value to this movie. Like, I definitely rewatch it. I would rewatch it, but also still like try to have a conversation about it with the people. Like, really, what did you think? What did you think from this? It's a thinker, but yeah. you gotta laugh sometimes too, I guess. So I feel like it takes on too much at one yeah. time, and yeah. it kind of, it definitely, as Jeremy said earlier, it definitely has some third act issues because I was with it. I was there for the cheesy, campy movie that I thought it was going to be I liked the I thought it was interesting with the commentary but then it just felt like a lot of the setup wasn't didn't have any payoff in the third I recommend this discussion of the movie yeah (laughs) yeah it in talking about like whether I'd recommend it or not it feels a lot like the craft legacy where I would recommend the movie that this was going to be at some point in the second act and then it didn't end up becoming (laughs) Mm. 
know. But by the time it gets through that third act, I'm just like, I, I have a hard time, like, I mean, other than other than the three of you <laughs> pushing this movie at anybody. Landon, yeah. would you recommend this one? Or would you say maybe you can miss this one? I'm gonna go I know you don't like horror movies. Considering that you have another movie by him that kind of deals with the social commentary, you can watch Dear White People, and you have a, like a really good black horror and get out, like, you don't need this movie. You can watch the first 30 minutes and just turn it off and be fine and be like, that was funny. And <laughs> like a, a short sketch and then be done with it. Yeah. But I, I felt like it was like, like most people said, it was trying to do some weird things. Um, and I would be remiss in not mentioning that really weird camera choice um, where she goes into the office to talk to um, Zora and they just pan around the room in a circle for no reason and to me that was the point of the whole story like we're just going in circles for no reason and they're just <laughs> stuff together into a movie and hoping that it means something um i think so, yeah yeah i would just say like i definitely like the setup as i saw like i the first things i wrote down were just like oh my god this person's in here oh my god michelle heard oh my god <laughs> and it was like, okay, there's some really good actors and actresses in here. And Where's Kelly Rowland. Go? And I was like, why did they show Don't be mean, Jeremy. Shade. <laughs> you see they... how you see how he does? Like this is what this is what my life is. I'm just saying him Commander throwing shade. is an all-time great song. Uh, just uh, pe- people who are listening to this might have already listened to the horror noir podcast, but there's a, a long discussion about why we love uh, Kelly Rowland in spite of her badness in that episode. Not not her singing badness, her acting badness, and that's that's not exclusive to her as a member of Destiny's Child. I don't know what you mean. No opinion. Beyonce was great in Dreamgirls. Sure, yeah, Dreamgirls. She did good in that one movie wait was she also in that um cadillac records movie or was that somebody else yes she was she was yes etta james was not pleased with her performance (laughs) etta james did not like it she also ruined the character of nala (laughs) oh i i will i will not watch any i'm so glad i haven't seen those the Lion King. Yeah, movie. I didn't watch it either. He watched it with the girls. All right. So if this won the movie for you, what would you suggest people watch? Get out. For the for the the moral, I would recommend the thing I brought up earlier, like mixed ish. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a very specific episode about hair. And it did everything this movie was trying to do in a down-to-earth and full way. Like it got the point across within one episode. If you want like the horror aspect. I'm not 100% sure, but at least if you want to get like the moral around it. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, go ahead. If you are specifically looking for more killer hair stories, <laughs> I am going to recommend the Yukiko Yamagishi arc of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures Part 4 Diving okay, is Ben, Unbreakable. how often yes. have you recommended JoJo's Bizarre Adventures? <laughs> Just watch it. How many times? Just watch JoJo. <laughs> Just watch it. Not, it's not very often that the premise it. of the movie directly one to one corresponds <laughs> to like one of the arcs. Okay. <laughs> Listen. So I do I, have a whole essay about Wonder Woman '84 and how it's a JoJo story. Every JoJo stand is like, I wouldn't recommend it so much if you just watch it. But, <laughs> but I say the same I, thing about Buffy, and you know, it hasn't stuck <laughs> yet. 
Like, My experience with JoJo, I felt like the frog slowly getting boiled alive, where I'm like, none of this feels particularly good. And before I knew it, I ended up completely obsessed with the entire franchise. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like JoJo's is, is one of those things like, you know, conservative people are always like, how do I explain this thing to my kids? JoJo's is one of those that I'm like, I can't watch that because then if my kids walk in, I'll have to explain what it is. And then like that will traumatize the children. Or you can just they'll say like, what is this? And you'll be like, I don't know. Okay, kids. <laughs> Here we have the Nazis. The one and only story where they're the good guys. Right. <laughs> I can't be a triple Look, part two has issues. <laughs> I just, the pillar men. I'll forgive it. Oh, Lando, what would you recommend? If we're talking horror, I would take it out. Um, if we're talking, you like television and awkward people and <laughs> being, and you, everybody is fully aware that this is a satire and it, what they're doing is horrible, I would say bamboozled mm. um, would be more in line with the moral I think the story could have gone with. Because mm. um, you, you kind of have, you, get, you definitely have like the, the entertainment industry, you have the, you're being dishonest with yourself just to make it ahead and everybody's overtly racist. And what does that, what does that mean? Um, so I would say bamboozled. I do have one legitimate recommendation, which if you want a story that's not the horror focused, but is much more focused on being a character-focused drama dealing with institutional racism and homophobia in the late 1980s, uh, definitely check out Pose. Hmm. Oh, okay, I've been meaning to watch it. Yeah, I was. it's funny, uh, Landa, you recommended the uh, bamboozled because I was thinking that James Vanderbeek is very much playing a Michael Rappaport character in this movie. He's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> he's, he's the he's the down white guy who's no, secretly evil. Don't like, don't put Michael Rappaportishness on Dawson. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Michael Rappaport. I mean, but specifically the character he plays in Bamboozled. No offense. Is like every time he speaks is that speech that Dawson gives at the beginning yeah. of this. He's like, I am down. I know about the black culture. Like, Oh yeah, because he's like, I can use the N-word because I'm married to my Yeah, And Pose Dude. also has James Vanderbeek pretty much playing the same role. He's just like, this is comfortable. I mean, I'd be, I wouldn't want to get typecasted like that, but I, you know, money's money, I guess. <laughs> he has to be super woke. Leonardo DiCaprio did it too hard the first time he did it, so he can't do it anymore. <laughs> I have, I now have one question, which is when people like Britney Spears started to get sew-ins, like if they had that where like you started to get the sew-ins across racial lines, and so like what would happen to like white people with sew-ins, and would they act any differently, or would they be a target? Like how how what would happen? So in this universe, in, in the universe, after in this, Britney in Spears the, got famous and got fake hair, if she started acting strange, well, no, like Britney Spears gets extensions, right? We we know this. This is a fact. This is known. Yes. So what if instead of Kelly Rowland, we have Britney Spears on stage and like with this like witch's hair? I don't think the same way. That's one of yeah. the problems with this movie. Um, and that is one of the problems with this this dialogue about weave and black women getting fake hair 
is that it's always presented like this is a failing of black women to be able to accept themselves in the Eurocentric society in which we live. And we recognize that a lot of white women as well, not the same way that black yeah. women deal with it, but a lot of white women as well do not fit out, feel like they because do not. Ultimately, there are beauty standards of no one can freaking stand. They, and they also wear fake hair and fake nails and fake eyes and fake eyelashes and lip fillers and booty fillers. And, and they do and all, all of this. just trying to trick the men. <laughs> That's why we do it. To me, like the, the existential horror of like what the weave and what it represented, like it was like the eyes changing to like the, like the blue eyes, the straight hair, yeah. and it was this this very existential sense of losing yourself, of mm-hmm. being forced to become this thing, which is and that psychological, that kind of subtle horror was so effective. It really I is why it was so true. disappointing when. Act three just became like run away from the hair monster. Right. I, I mean, agree I've more. seen this yeah. type of horror play out in in black culture. There's skin lightning creams. We have watched Lil Kim's and Michael Jackson's and Kanye West's, you know, change themselves in order to look more <laughs> white. And it's always yeah, and Lil Wayne and whatever Lil Wayne is doing with his three dreads, we don't know. Um, getting pardoned. That's what Lil Wayne is doing, and we've watched it and we've seen it, and it's horrifying for us to watch that somebody get like, especially like think about Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim was beautiful, like absolutely beautiful and spent so much time being told how beautiful she was not. Maybe she's happy. Maybe she was like, I'm gonna dye my hair blonde and wear blue contacts and get all of the surgery done and have my nose look smaller. Like I'm gonna do all of this stuff because that's what makes me happy and that's what I like. But it seems a lot like I'm doing all of this stuff because that's what people told me is beautiful and I want to be beautiful. I hope that, and I, what I have seen in modern times is that there's more of an acceptance of diversity of beauty standards and also more of a recognition of um, you can play with stuff. I'm hoping that one of the good things of this Instagram era that my daughters get out of that is that women play with their hair and they wear wigs and they wear makeup and you can make your boobs look bigger. You can buy a thing to make your butt look smaller, like whatever it is that you want to look like you can do that and you can play with it. And there is no one right way to be pretty. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, that's my sincere wish for them that I didn't have in 1989, you know, when I was five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being told to- yeah um i so i was just talking to jeremy's um mom the other day about how the first time i realized that people could dress up to make themselves look a certain way was when cindy crawford was on oprah talking about how they edit her pictures and she wears makeup in order to look beautiful and that was the first time that i was like oh wait a second you mean i can do that too like i can look like that in pictures if I have a team of makeup artists and a team of hair people and people Mm -hmm. to edit my photos and that was like one of the healthiest realizations I ever had because up until then I thought there are just some people out there who look like that and that is not me and that will never be me and there's nothing I can do about it I'm I'm 27 I still can't 100% accept that like I still am just like but it shouldn't be this hard right it shouldn't be that hard to look like that so I know I recommend look at this face look at this you see this? I do hard, difficult. 
I do recommend and talk about Joe Judge Bizarre Adventure a lot, but also, <laughs> well, no, that was that the story was actually JoJo's I actually played Oprah. such a part, such a huge part of me discovering being non-binary and coming out. Because honestly, like with the fashions and the poses, it was very much just like, oh, I didn't know gender could be that. I didn't know you could do that. Have these that like you could dress in the, that way and still achieve that. Like it really did just expand was one of the things in very early on in like kind of my gender discovery journey that well, expanded my view on what it yeah. could be. Ben, you've convinced me. I am now going to watch it. I, I, oh, I can... don't, don't, I'm not sure. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to undertake this adventure. This <laughs> you don't watch it, but I can't be responsible from, for that. If you take nothing from the story, because I mean, let's be honest, the story is hog wild, but yeah. like, at least you can appreciate like, wow, this is a very different visually. And like, it, it seems like, I don't know any names, of course. So the creator was just like, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want. Like, I like these bands. So I'm going to uh, put them in this universe and yeah, their cars is going to look like that. Like cars is just going to look like that. I want to tell and you that. Accept it. <laughs> ben has been talking about JoJo's. Bree, you are now talking about it. I have listened to both of you all talk about it. And I still have no idea what the, what the fuck it is. Nobody knows know. what it it's is. Weird. Nobody knows. It's weird. It's weird. I don't it's know what weird. the fuck it is. So I'm excited. Honestly. It's really just one very talented, peculiar manga creator who's figured out a way to tell lots of different stories in one kind of umbrella series but what it really is is just kind of the creative journey of this one insane person and the story is only ever driven by what does he feel like doing that particular week yeah there is real it's almost it's like I I respect it because I was just like wow he really was just like I'm gonna do that and I was like you did it and he's like I did it (laughs) And people yeah. like it. <laughs> There's a great interview with what him that actually came out like this past year, Jones. like about a year ago. And they adventure. asked him about the theme of one of the parts. And he just like, he starts talking, but you can tell he's not sure what he's trying to say. And he's stumbling over all of his words. And then eventually he just sighs. He goes, beautiful men. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> What would I suggest people watch instead? Uh, instead of, or, you know, if you like bad hair, what would I suggest? Um, did you already give your recommendation? I haven't. Okay, you want to do yours first? Sure. Or do you want me to do mine first? Either way. I'll go first. Okay. I would recommend Good Hair, which is a documentary by Chris Rock. Now, it's not a perfect documentary. Chris Rock leaves out the entire idea of just having natural hair. Uh, that does not appear to be an option in this documentary, but it does go to, it does explain a lot and it does a better job of explaining the horrors and joys of trying to have good hair for black good hair. Yeah, I think uh, the documentary might not be perfect, but I think if you are a, a white person who wants to uh, understand like just what black women go through, like just to, get their hair done like I think that's a, a big like it's an easily digestible way to figure it out um because yeah Chris Rock uh basically just comes at it from the the, the point of like I don't know what I'm talking about tell me what I'm talking about like, I, I do I do respect the fact that Chris Rock goes I don't know anything about this so I went to ask some experts experts yeah. 
Yeah. Tell me yeah. about this. <laughs> I love he was like, that. I don't know anything yeah. about oh, this. So I went to ask some black women, black women. <laughs> and they were like, yep, this is what we go through. It's, it's, um, it's hope, funny. Does Wanda Sykes show up? Cause that would be delightful. <laughs> I think Wanda Sykes, like maybe let me look it up. Before, look, before I lie to you, let me look it up. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, while she's looking that up, uh, what I was going to recommend uh, we talked about this briefly on the Horror Noir podcast, but if you want a movie that is a, a scary, possibly horror movie uh, that is about Black women and is actually written and directed by a Black woman, then uh, Eve's Bayou is like serious and... Uh, you went. <laughs> and, and serious and horror-y and supernatural uh, without like having that like weird uh blindness to it that this one has where it's like i don't know what i'm saying like isabayu definitely knows what it's saying and it's taking on some serious issues it is not by any stretch of comedy like it's just the yeah also i am am so down for some new orleans horror yes yes. the cupid shuffle with journey smollett and it was delightful Also, what's nailed it? Nicole Byer hosts it. She gets progressively drunk as the episodes go on. It's great. She's the only, she's the only part I, I watch it for. Yeah. Love her. Very much. Right. Let's see. Well, Jacques, Jacques's cute, too. Jacques, but look, it's Nicole Byer's show. It's what everyone's there to see. I, I I'm love, there to see I, Thor. Yes. <laughs> I never thought that, I, like, looking at it the first time, I was just like, they're not going to have much chemistry. But then I was just like, he is so sweet with her. Oh, my God. By far the best is in the first season when they were really just shoestring budget, like, fake it till you make it. And they got the guy, one of the, the director of Super Troopers, to guest, like, host. And he she left in the middle of a... Co- and he left in the middle of recording to pick up his kids from school and then came back halfway through the episode, like having brought back Starbucks for everyone. Okay, Wanda Sykes is so not cute. in good hair. <laughs> However, the website Curly Nikki did do an entire article on Wanda Sykes's gay hair. Yay. Oh. Gay hair. Talked about her curls <laughs> and her natural hair care. Um, Curly Nikki is a is a very popular uh, natural hair care website. So, but like, uh, what what makes that was in twenty ten? Oh, maybe it's just well, like what passes as femme and butch or something, maybe like that. Let's what see. You... Earlier this week, I had a freaking connect. I'm binary. I'm AMAP non-binary. I have to try so hard to get even a little bit of femme reading. Dude, no matter what, I constantly feel like I'm failing to be whatever gender I feel that day. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I I was kind of. I was like kind of getting a mustache because I just like I don't care to take care of it and then I was like oh you know what if I want to grow a mustache but it wouldn't what grow if in I do? what if you do so so like I just had prepubescent mustache and so I was like okay I either look like a, a small boy and then when I bleached it I was just like and now I have baby face so I don't know like what I look like <laughs> I just look like not right no matter what <laughs> Failing at gender. That's going to be the title. I, can I? Can that be the title of my autobiography? Failing at gender. All right, y'all. Yeah. Let's yeah, wrap I, this I up because <laughs> I have to wake up at four a.m. So where oh, no. can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Professor Lando or at Lando Bakes. All right, Bree. Where can we find you online? Indigo Arts at basically anywhere. Like 
Instagram, Twitter, uh, Tapastic, everything, but it's not the word indigo, it's N-D-G-O arts. All right. Yeah. Indigo arts. <laughs> and Ben, what yeah. about you? You can find me on Twitter at, at @bendacon. You can find all my comics on Comicsology and in print at bencomics.com. Pre-order Renegade Rule, a queer VR gaming action comedy from Dark Horse Comics coming out uh, this June. I'm so excited for Renegade Rule. Ah, thank you. I really hope you enjoy. Well, you can find me at Alicia Whitley on Twitter, where I tweet about absolutely nothing of import at all. And I generally am tweeting about uh, hanging out with this guy over here. Jeremy? That good guy. Yeah, and uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at jrome58. It's J-R-O-M-E-5-8. My website is jeremywhitley.com. I do have multiple things coming out uh, in the near future including the dog night which i am doing with brie uh which will be sometime which is sooner than what the book that i'm doing with ben which has yet to be announced (laughs) and uh the podcast is uh on twitter at prog horror pod we're also on patreon at progressively horrified uh go give us money and then rate us nice on the place where you're listening and to this also go go to twitter so if you absolutely disagree with everything we've said here go to twitter tweet at prog horror pod and let them know how you feel all right sure. everybody that's it for me um thank you for joining us tonight uh we will catch you next time with uh, we'll be talking about Attack the Block. Attack the Block. Ooh. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Progressively Horrified is created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode featured Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, Alicia Whitley, Bree Indigo, and Lando Toothman. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and is provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or by email at progressivelyhorrified at gmail.com. IMDb in this movie it's 1989 and an ambitious young woman oh, okay <laughs> all right <clears throat> take two <coughs> sorry <coughs> I'm I tried to put it in the chat so it wouldn't be just I'm so sorry I was so distracted <laughs> she had to like lean into the monitor I made it worse I'm so old all right so